Hey, what's up? Tony Schiavone here. Conrad Thompson and I are taking What Happened When Live to St. Louis and Baltimore. Yes, sir. If you're a fan of our podcast, then I promise you, you'll love us live. We're coming to St. Louis Saturday, June 22nd at 730. That's coming up very soon. Saturday, June 22nd at 730. We'll be in St. Louis at Off-Broadway, located at 3509 Limp Avenue. Doors were open at 7 o'clock, but of course, you can get in early if you get a VIP ticket. Get your tickets now for St. Louis at this website, TonyandConradLive.com. Again, TonyandConradLive, one word, dot com. The very next day, we'll be in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. That'll be Sunday, June 23rd. We'll start at 1 o'clock there. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is at 6526 Holliburn Avenue. And, of course, if you live in the Baltimore area, then you know where that is. Tickets for the Baltimore show on the 23rd available by going to this website, whathappenedwhenlive.com. Whathappenedwhenlive.com. What happened when live being one word. There are VIP and general admission tickets available to both shows, so make sure you get on board. What Happened When Live, Saturday, June 22nd at 7.30 in St. Louis at Off-Broadway. Then at 1 o'clock, Sunday, June 23rd in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. If you get a VIP ticket for either show, it includes a meet and greet with photo ops. St. Louis, go to TonyandConradLive.com. Baltimore, go to WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. And we'll see you for What Happened When? The weekend of Saturday, June 22nd and Sunday, June 23rd. Don't be a slapdick and miss out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Rocket Promotions. Tony Ephraim's what they win, look Shivani's back again. World title split off, center stage Bischoff, Disney Hogan and Nitro, New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch a long try not to laugh, Lois rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Zing's a good looking man. Quondike Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, Hey Hey. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? And today, we're going to be visiting with Tony Schiavone as we watch Spring Stampede 1998 from April 19th, 1998. Man, this was on the poll, and you guys love you some 97, 98. Were you surprised this one won? I was. Yeah, I think I was, too. I remember when uh, the poll won, you said, boy, that was a shit show. And, And I guess this is all coming out of Starcade 97, right? When things started to really go downhill for us. So this was right when I guess WCW was in shitty mode, Conrad. So there you go. Yeah. You know, this is, I mean, they're not in shitty mode. We should, we should mention that Goldberg has not yet won the world title. That's going to happen in July. It's going to be the biggest year in the history of WCW, but in April of 98, it did start to feel a little bit like 
what are we doing? And this, this, this is one of those shows that's sort of evidence of that to me, because you've got sting and macho man on top, but it just doesn't feel like a real main event. Let's go ahead and have you uh, get us a countdown going and let's get started. Let's get into the show, man. All right. Let's bring Lois in. Cause it's a big week for us being our anniversary and all, uh, this week. So, uh, she's in a good mood <laughs> for a change. Uh, Lois, come on in here and give us your countdown. Are you ready? Are you ready? Three, two, one, play. Well, we opened up with an NWO type open, right? The, uh, the black and white. And, uh, apparently the NWO was, was having little problems here. As you can see, uh, Hogan and the macho man going nose to nose sting with white face and, uh, sting had just won the world title at super brawl. If I remember all this correctly, and we're ready to go with spring stampede. Boy, we had big stars back then. Didn't we? I mean, big name stars. Good God. Sting Hogan. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, Kevin Nash, and there's, well, unfortunately, there's, <laughs> I say that, and then I just saw Vince in the background. What the fuck were we thinking there? I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited to uh, watch WCW in 98 because this is the height of my fandom, 97, 98. I was probably more of a fan here than ever before. But some of this stuff, you know, I think we just look back with rose colored glasses. I, I was not a super fan of this show. Well, you haven't seen this show since it aired though, right? I mean, no, I've not. No, not at all. I, I knew we had, we were in Denver. We're at the Pepsi center. Uh, we had a big crowd there that night. You know, we had all that motif of the, uh, the Western motif. So we were pretty excited about putting on this show, but, uh, you know, there was look. It's kind of like in many ways, I hate to say this and you can agree or not agree, but it's kind of like what's going on with the WWE right now. And that is that they're having all these big events, but there's nothing standing out. Right. And nothing really stood out on this event. Does that, does that, is that valid to say that? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, the the thing is you run so many shows and they all sort of run together, but you know, when you were in the moment and, and we're watching this show in a bit of a vacuum. The, the wrestling observer reader poll gave this show 91% thumbs up 91, Yikes. but to me, and maybe it's just because I've overdosed on wrestling lately. It just, it wasn't for me. How would you describe what you're wearing here? Well, this was a, it was a, a black, uh, black, uh, collarless shirt, which I thought was very fashionable back then. You were wrong. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I, I was, I was kind of heavy back then though. Wasn't I? Well, it's just, um, I don't I mean, know Badass. this, the lapels on the jacket are almost cartoon big. I mean, you look like a villain from Dick Tracy. Hold on a second. Let me look closer to the screen here. Oh shit. They are big. They're gigantic. And then you've got, I mean, that thing's bigger than your Peter. And then you've got this black shirt underneath. It's like, you're like the world's worst Johnny cash impressionist, the world's okay. worst. All right. I can't argue with you there. That's pretty bad. Mean, meanwhile, you know, look over to the right. Yeah. Oh, slick Willie Bobby Heenan. He's looking pretty good here. He's got a fucking white t-shirt on, but he's got a pocket square with it. That really classes the shit up. You say, oh, Jesus Christ. If, if I would have had a pocket square, would that have classed me up? You think? 
Well, it would have been black based on everything else you've seen. And you couldn't see a pocket square behind that giant fucking lapel. Look, even your cord is caught behind the big fucking lapel, Jesus big Christ. lapel Shivani. That's you. Uh, well, I think that was a, uh, a tux coat I had on. <clears throat> yeah, no shit. It was, but the pants yeah. weren't, and you're not wearing It's just, it's like, you just, you lost supermarket sweep. That's what it is. It looks like you just went through the fucking store and threw as much random shit into a buggy as you could. And instead of coming out with stuff to make ham sandwiches, you got 19 pounds of ham and no bread. That was you in that fucking suit. Look at this stupid fucking backdrop here too. As I get when you're tight, but when you get real wide and you can see, oh, the beautiful scenic sky that they airbrushed is fucking dead. But somebody was making a bunch of money, way too much money. Everybody in WCW is talking about how big the contracts were. And, oh, Stevie Ray made 600 grand. You know who made the most money? Who was really legitimately fucking stealing? Whoever the fuck y'all paid to make these spring stampede entrance sets. I bet you got a fucking six figure bill for that horse shit. And it looks like a third grade fucking middle school project. Wow. You know, I, I do need to say that your post, uh, star cast too. You're, you're kind of surly in your own right here today. Oh, I, look, it's Goldberg. He's starting pay-per-views instead of finishing them. Yeah. How many I, people you think he'll injure in this match? Well, everybody he touches. And I would hope that one of them would be Billy Kidman, but I don't think he would want to touch Kidman. Good God. Goldberg looked the part, didn't he? Who fucking cares? Goldberg sucks. You know, well, that's your- <laughs> you know, he sucks. Listen, this r- r- hey, for real I'm- Goldberg is a poor man's is, is, uh, I'm I'm being serious when I say this Goldberg is a poor man's Nikita Koloff. Okay. But to us back there at that time, he wasn't, no, he still sucked in. <laughs> no, he no listen, Tony, you know enough about wrestling to know, oh, this fucking guy can't work. I mean, they're just, they're just giving him squash matches and here now you're having a very talented you know, performer at Perry Saturn. And he's cross-eyed at the very notion of trying to get this guy over. <laughs> That's right. Perry was a little cross-eyed there, but no, you're, you're right. Goldberg ended up squashing oh my guys. God. Are you serious? Okay, what the fuck is this? It's a fall away slam. It's what it is. It's po- no, it's fucking power plant day one. That's what it is. <laughs> I only know how to do four moves. Let me do them all real fast. Okay. So, so then why did, why did the fans take to him so much then? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. If, why if, did they if take Tony Schiavone goes out there and just beats people up for real spears mm-hmm. them, jackhammers them for real. And then right. gets a win in 38 seconds. And then lawn darts, Billy Kidman, people are going to be into it. Yeah. But Tony Schiavone didn't have the, the body and the physique and the aura of Bill Goldberg. I'm not sitting here trying to defend Bill Goldberg, but I don't think he is as shitty as you say he is. Uh, no, no, I, here's the deal. He's, he's way shittier than I say he is. All right. <laughs> okay. I mean, you talk about one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in anybody's book, Bret Hart and Bre- Goldberg ends his fucking career and doesn't even know what he's doing. I mean, and that's the thing. Like none of the Goldberg suckery is not his fault. Goldberg suckery is people like your fault. It's Whoa. your fault. It's Eric Bischoff's fault. Right. Th- because these I, people should because I was told to put him over and I did. So it's my fault. Well, nobody raised their hand and said, Hey, uh, maybe we should look, they kicked out at one. Like if, if every time somebody tried to cover you, you kicked out at one, like th- that's not an impressive talent. Making the okay. other guy look good is the impressive part of wrestling. Goldberg never so made maybe, anybody look good. 
So maybe I should have raised my hand in one of these production meetings and said, "What are we doing the right thing here by putting this guy over? No, we know you never did that. The only time you made a suggestion was when David Arquette won the fucking title. I'm glad you didn't <laughs> speak up more often. <laughs> yeah, so am I, to be honest with you. That's a pretty awesome move right there. That's not power plant 101. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Hey, I, I can't defend everything Goldberg does, but man, I, no, I, here's the deal. I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life. I, I I'm not disparaging him I'm saying you guys put him in a fucking shit spot here where, you know, you're like, well, I mean, how else could someone get over like that? We'll beat everybody in 13 goddamn seconds and don't sell anything and kick out on one. And yeah, you know, that'll do it. And, and that's what he's doing. And, and here's the thing. He's doing what's asked of him here, but nobody had the gumption to say, Hey, I know we can't, I know we can, I know we could, but should we, I can't argue with anything you're saying. Here's the deal. You tell me you book Nikita Cole, bring Nikita Cole off out right here for the very first time and book him the exact same way as Goldberg, who would have done a better job? Uh, well, Nikita would have, of course. Goldberg is the WCW ultimate warrior. Mm. He is. Uh, that's awfully, that's awfully stiff there. Conrad. No, awfully it's true. Stiff. You know what? At least, at least, uh, warriors oh. promos while nonsensical or entertaining. Mm. They didn't even, they didn't really even have Goldberg do promos. No, just yell. You're next. Yeah. That's all he did was yell. You're next. He really didn't say much. He would come in and say maybe something a little bit. A little quiet. And then at the end, he would say, you're next. And that was it. And that's all they needed. So I don't know. We just, maybe we, uh, listen, Goldberg is not the re not the main reason we went. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. That was bad. Oh yeah. man. You slipped on that buddy. Yikes. That was, that was not Goldberg's fault or WCW's. Yeah. By the Gold- way, you know, I know everybody gets thinks I like, Hey, Goldberg. Uh, no, I just hate that Goldberg was a thing. Like if Goldberg would have finished wrestling school, um, you know, maybe not some of this wouldn't happen. You wouldn't hear about him like choking out Evan courageous before a nitro or kicking Bret Hart's head into the sixth row. And mm-hmm. all the bad stuff you've heard about Bill Goldberg may not have happened. Had WCW, I don't know, brought him up a little slower, a little differently. Well, I can tell you, you knew you need to blame, uh, Jody Hamilton. Well, you blame Eric Bischoff. It's all Eric Bischoff's fault. Okay. It's all Eric's fault. There you go. Have you had on your, have you shit on Goldberg on his podcast? Like you've shit on mine. I'm trying to make it my mission to shit on Goldberg once a week, whether, whether he needs it or not. All right. So what's Eric's, what's Eric's retort to all this that you've been saying? No, he was over. He drew money. And here's the thing. Can't argue any of that. Right. But, But to Kevin Nash's point, uh, how does it end? You know, I know that when we've argued that point here a lot here on the show too, like, you know, when was the right time to beat Goldberg? When was the right time to end the streak? You know, I guess there was no right time or wrong time. There's just what they did and what they did. A lot of people said was shit, but realistically, let's say they don't beat him there. Doesn't it eventually get fucking old? Well, you know what? That's, that's kind of what Vince Russo thought when he turned him heel. What? That had just gotten old. Yeah. And and the thing is like, why wouldn't you have Goldberg become an unbeatable monster? Now I know that Goldberg has healed it. Jesus fucking Christ. Did mm. you see that? Yes, I did. Come on, man. Yeah. 
This day one wrestling school shit. And this is a pay-per-view against a guy who's been in the ring for a long time to get his shot. And he, oh, and now he's got to do that shit. Yeah. The thing is like, he doesn't know any better. I'm not mad at Goldberg. Goldberg was doing his fucking best. I really do believe that. Don't you? Oh yeah. I don't think there's any question. He was, he just wasn't fucking ready. Look at that. He's not ready. This is Mongo with, with, with bald, with a bald head. (laughs) As far as wrestling ability goes. And that doesn't mean that the natural charisma or talent or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, Goldberg has it in spades. Look at the crowd. They pop for nothing. Just facials. That's very Sid vicious. Like Sid was the first guy I remember who was very intimidating and jacked up who would like, just look at the crowd. And that would be enough. You just make this crazy face and look at the crowd and it works. And man, Goldberg's doing it here. And how about this? They're showing he's not bulletproof having to sell the nut job. Yeah. How about that? Because you think it's he's going for the jackhammer, he's going to beat Perry Saturn, and they, uh, I don't know if swerve is the right word or not, but they kind of swerved us here with uh, no jackhammer. Can I just tell you, I'm really thankful that as much as I don't like Goldberg being a thing, not the human, but him being a thing, yeah. um, oh, at shit. least we're not watching fucking Raw, right? <laughs> it could yes. be worse. I, I, you're exactly right. Oh my God. Would you look at Ron Reese? It was so cool to finally meet him this February. Oh, like he said, uh, oh man, did you see his head hit the fucking mat? Yes. And it didn't bother me at all. And again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ron Reese, really a good guy, man. Really a nice man. And he just wanted to do his best, but Ron, you know, didn't have much. Made me really excited that the Yeti was there and you got to call it. And Neil, the Yeti, <laughs> but it was, it was funny because he's out there and you don't think about, you know, like, Hey, what type, what type of coverings does a Yeti wear on his feet? <laughs> like ASICs or new balance or something like that. And it was like surreal to me. Like, Oh fuck, this is the Yeti, but he's wearing ASICs, uh, which means that that's really still Ron under there. And then I got to meet Ron after and he couldn't have been yeah. nicer and listen to the pod. And Hey, there you go. Goldberg gets the win surprise. But, uh, he said he lived local and I, I just, in my head, I was like, fuck it. At his height, everywhere has got to be a walking distance. Right. Right. Just like <laughs> one step, Marietta, another step, Alpharetta. Yeah. Another step Conyers. Like you're on your way, baby. He truly was one of the biggest guys we ever had. I don't, but he just, uh, no, the biggest. Yeah. He just so, didn't have it. So Goldberg gets the win here. Mm-hmm. No surprise. They gave him a lot more time than I really expected. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, just because it's, it felt like this would have been in and out. Meltzer gave it a star and a half. They went eight minutes and 10 seconds. And he said, this match had the most heat of any match on the card, even though there were situations where if it had been anyone, but Goldberg in there getting lost, the crowd would have died. That charisma really made it up though. Didn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. If, again, you know, the Dave's use of the word heat and my use of the word heat are two different things. He's actually thinking of more re- crowd reaction when he when he talks about heat. And the fan did react. Fans did react to Goldberg doing his thing. There's no question about that. What's the word that you that you would like? It, I, I understand the difference. You're you're saying heat is in the crowd yeah. really hates you. They're throwing trash. They're upset. They're angry. You're healing them. Whatever you, you mean it in a negative connotation. He's using right. heat just in, in lieu of response. Look right. at those fucking, look at that backdrop. Do you see that? 
Do you see that? Look at those happy little trees. Let's paint us some out. Who the fuck was doing this? This is horrible. This well, is, you know uh, what? This is Eric Bischoff bullshit. You know, he lives out in the goddamn desert and he's a fake ass wannabe cowboy. And, and he probably thought, well, goddamn, let's just get us some hay in here and get something that looks like a barn. You know, I got, I live out on a farm. I got a ranch, right? Is that where this comes from? Yes. That's where it comes from. Uh, did somebody just throw something at Eddie right there? And his wife is not going to believe he did not go to the strip club because he huh. is covered in glitter. Now it looks like he's been hunting unicorns. And if he's a smoker too, it's going to be a tough sell when he gets home that he did not go to the booty club. You know what I think is odd? When you take a look at that wide shot, even from right here of that set, it's supposed to be a barn, right? Yeah. It almost looks like a tombstone, doesn't it? Signifying the death of WCW yet to come. Boy, you're just. It a, does. Look at it. You're, look at it you're morbid. <laughs> I'm morbid. I was talking about fucking little happy trees. <laughs> All right. Well, Jesus Christ. Did you ever watch any of those? What? Jesus Christ. Oh, what are you talking about? No, I'm saying, you know, the old Bob Ross shows back in the day where he would show you how to paint on PBS. Oh yeah. Right. He was, he was quite a, uh, well, he was apparently an, uh, a big star at one time, wasn't he? Yeah. It's a wonder. I mean, I think he painted that backdrop. (laughs) It was a six figure backdrop. So Ultimo Dragon's here. Ultimo Dragon's still competing, by the way, and Chavo Guerrero still looks just like that. <laughs> he sure does. I saw a picture of Chavo the other day, and I mean, he looks like he's in as good a shape as ever. Right. And Charles Robinson, by the way, still looks the youngest of them all. It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It, it really is. It's just, just absolutely amazing. At this point, where did you, I know you don't, Let me start over. Okay. You have an irrational hate for all things mass wrestling, right? No, I don't. Okay. But you just assume if I have a a hate for all things, non-selling. Okay. So if someone weighs less than 250 pounds and wears a mask, are, are they still a professional wrestler in your opinion? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can put a weight limit on a, I mean, Marco stunt is still a professional wrestler, right? Well, how much does he weigh? 70. (laughs) <laughs> at the most seriously i'm gonna tell you what when i was in fifth grade i weighed more than marco stunt does today probably so yeah i mean i was a lineman and um i know that it, i think the deal was you had to be like 110 pounds or 130 whatever the number was it's more than whatever the fuck marco stunt is now like where was marco stunt when kevin nash needed somebody else to lawn dart yeah did you say you were a lineman yeah not, not like a power line. Yeah. I played football. So okay. let's, let's talk about Ultimo dragon though. Let's get back to All that. All right. Ultimo dragon. Where did you rank him as far as best wrestlers in the world here in 1998? He would be to me, top 10, top 15. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't expect you to say that. No, he could do a lot of stuff, man. And, and, and I look, I don't think Ultimo even. I don't think he really ever had a bad match for us. I mean, he had some matches that were better than others, but he always did some great shit. I really wish that Ultimo was born like, look at those kicks 10 or 15 years later than he was right. Ultimo dragon right now would be a top star on SmackDown or NXT or AEW or ring of honor or new Japan or all the above. 
Right. I mean, a tippy top, not a second match on the card, not a cruiserweight champion, not the two Oh five live champ, but like a, a top guy, main attraction. It would be something else to see him tear it up with, you know, a, a an Ibushi or a Kenny Omega or, you know, even a Seth Rollins or what he could do, you know, with some of the guys that are really just now sort of breaking out. Right. Everything he did looked so clean. You saw the kicks he made there. All the kicks looked probably were stiff, but looked stiff, looked good. I would put him, I think he's every bit as good in this, in this era. Okay. As any of the Lucha bros, either one of those guys. And I like both those guys too. And they tore it up. I think you would agree. They tore it up against, against the young bucks at double or nothing. You're saying Penta and Phoenix. He's just as good as them. Just as good as them. You know, what's interesting is I think that the conversation has changed on those guys in the last couple of years, like three years ago, all you heard about was Penta. Like that was it. Like Pentagon, 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 Penta, Penta, Penta. That's it. That's the deal. That's who you want. That's the top guy. And then I feel like slowly over the last year, people have come around to wait a minute. Phoenix might low key be one of the best wrestlers in the world, Mm -hmm. not to take away from Penta, but I think what helped get Penta over was not just the work, but he has this incredible look, the way he paints his face underneath the mask. It really, you know, accentuates the mask and he throws the contacts in. It's just a really cool look. And I think that that look is part of the appeal originally of Penta. And then you see that, damn, he's a very good professional wrestler. So everybody's on board. But then when you see him together and then you see Phoenix by himself, it's like, oh, to, at least to me, I think Phoenix is low key. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. You know, I'm with you on that. He does some just that, that, that tag team maneuver. I don't even know what the fuck you would call it, but that's what a lazy commentator in the eighties would say that tag team maneuver that he did with the bucks right. bouncing around. Holy cow. I've never seen anything like that since Ray Mysterio, like 22 years ago, Ray Mysterio. No, and, and you know what? Not only that, I'm, I, uh, I, I loved a lot about the, uh, the show, loved a lot about it, but I thought that match was the best match on the show. Really? I, I, I did. You liked it better than Cody and Dustin. Yeah, but I love Cody. I, it's not, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on that match. No, I did like just, it better different. than Cody. That's all. They're different. They're different, right. Cody and, and, and Dustin had emotion and had a lot of juice. And was, was worked very, very well, but man, I mean, that tag team move that you talked about where he bounced on one rope and did like a the hurricane runner or whatever it was on one of the bucks off the top of the other rope was the move of the night. Oh, it was well, the for sure. Move of the night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it even made me go, holy shit. And a lot of times, as you know, sometimes, sometimes they can get too acrobatic for me, but I loved every bit of that. I really did. So. And Penta did it. I mean, uh, Ray Phoenix did it. And I saw those guys wrestle in major in MLW, you know, and I called some of their matches and they were, they're sensational. Chat me up. What did you think about, um, the Dustin Cody match? We haven't talked about it a lot. This is the first time you and I are getting to really, uh, sit down and talk sort of post Starcast. What'd you think? You know, lots of blood, but this is, you know, somebody who you knew, I mean, you knew both of these guys when they were much younger, you very good friends with their dad. 
Right. And now here they are on this debut night of a new company at an MGM grand, a venue that, you know, your company, WCW at its height struggled and never sold out. And if they did, it was with a lot of paper, mm-hmm. uh, and, and here they sell it out, you know, and, and very quickly, you know, with the pre-orders and the actual orders, we might call it 35 minutes, all the tickets are gone. And I mean, they're making real, real history. And they're doing it old school. They're telling a story, brother versus brother. And one of them is bleeding a gusher in typical <laughs> Dusty Rhodes fashion. Yeah. And you were front row for it all. Mm. What'd you think? Well, I thought it was, I thought it was too much blood. And I know you, you, when you, when you cut yourself the way Dustin did, and we saw him the next day, he cut himself pretty hard. I, I, you, you can't control how much blood, but the blood was pouring off of him, pouring off of him. And the, it, to the point to where I've never seen another guy bleed, have, have dust, uh, Cody was red because of Dustin's blood. Uh, I thought it was too much blood, but I liked the story. And I, and I thought that their, their father would have been so proud of, of what they had done to bring people in there and how they had worked the match. And I thought it was great at the end where he wanted his brother to be his partner, uh, coming together. I thought after it was all over, just the facial reactions of, of Cody to Dustin was great. It it had a lot of emotion to it and they worked the match. They worked a solid snug match. It was a, it was a great match. It was a, it was a really great match to be honest with you. And, and I don't, uh, I don't want to shit on anybody. I thought after them and the Bucks that there wasn't much left for Jericho and Omega to do. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. I I just thought that Jericho and Omega, and I get it because they had such a great match in Japan and they had such a great angle, but what, what does people remember about the Jericho Omega match? They remember Moxley coming in. Yeah. That's all they remember to me. It was like, here, well, gosh, we've seen Dustin and we've seen Cody and we've seen the blood and we've seen the emotion and we saw the great acrobatics and the great high spots from Cody, from the Bucks and uh, the Lucha Bros. And now here comes Jericho. I just thought it was. I, Re- I think realistically, it, though, what else is there to do? Yeah, they did all they can do, but it was just I, I thought the match was not well placed. It shouldn't have been the final match of the night. But if Moxley is going to interfere, yeah, it's got to be on last. It does. Yeah, Moxley's one of the biggest stars in the world. Okay. So is Chris Jericho. So are Kenny Omega. They have I to can... be your main event, and Moxley would have to be involved in that one. Because right. here's the other thing, too, in my opinion. If you did all the, your flippity do, oh my God, incredible athleticism from the Bucks and, and Penta Phoenix, and you got all the storytelling and blood and, you know, whatever backstory with, with the roads, what's left for them to do? Like they can't, they can't get bloodier than Dustin. They can't do more crazy acrobatics than the Bucks and and Penta Phoenix. So literally, the only other thing to do is have a great match, but then end it with an exclamation point. And that's got to be with a surprise. I mean, that's what I think. That's what fans appreciate more than almost anything in wrestling right now is a surprise. Yeah. And Moxley wasn't that big of a surprise. Right. Because I think a lot of people were like, oh, what when he put that video out, there's a clue. What does it mean? All this type of stuff. Sure. Um, 
but you know, those people are going to guess stuff anyway. And then it's, Oh, I knew it. I told you so, but they did, they did a really good job keeping that one quiet. It was a hell of a way to end the show. I mean, the fans, the fans erupted the way you hope they would on a surprise, you know, right. They weren't sometimes when there's a surprise, the crowd starts chanting the guy's name, right? You know, like they know, oh, this is the, this is the sting spot or whatever. And they know, oh, he's coming. And so they just start chanting his name all night. Well, that didn't happen here. So they were surprised and that's, that's hard to do now. So I think, you know, it isn't the unenviable position to go on last after you've had all these incredible matches. The only way to do it is to do it with a bit of an exclamation point, a surprise. And and Moxley was it, by the way, we're talking over a tremendous match. That's got four stars in the observer, ultimate dragon and Chavo jr. They're going to go 11 minutes and 49 seconds. Um, you know, the story here is they have started to groom Chavo as like the protege of Eddie Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero is trying to get Chavo to be a heel and he wants him to lie, cheat, steal, whatever it takes to get the win. And Chavo doesn't want to cheat. So when, when he low blows Ultima dragon, Chavo gives him time to recover and that infuriates Eddie. And so now Chavo's throwing him around a little bit, but he still doesn't want to have to cheat to win. It's an interesting little story. Yeah. I, I thought the story was pretty good, but I always thought that I don't know if Eddie was hurt here or not, but I always thought he should be in our pay-per-views yeah, working. And he wasn't able to, um, I forget what Eddie's thing is, but Eddie had something going on. Yeah. I, maybe it was a knee or something like that, but yeah, that, that, that's the only way you wouldn't work Eddie Guerrero. You know, I thought Eddie was a, I thought he was a better heel than a baby face. Really? Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because he was, he had good reactions. See, he just, he's doing a great job just being a heel here. I just, uh, I liked it. Well, I liked anything Eddie did. Jesus. Eddie's one of the best. Yeah. One of the best ever. Yeah. I would agree. You know, it's funny because, um, some people in the WWE would say, oh, he's our Mexican Shawn Michaels. And eventually Bruce was like, no, he's just our Shawn Michaels, you know, like he don't, you don't have to, cause there was talk for a long time, you know, oh, well, SmackDown, you know, on UPN and that time slot, you know, they're really looking for the Hispanic audience. So that's the reason they push Eddie Guerrero and they push Rey Mysterio. They want the Mexican fans to tune in, blah, blah, blah. But Eddie connected on a way where you didn't have to. He didn't have to be from your hometown for you to be a fan of his. He didn't have to be, you know, Hispanic in order for you to be a fan of his. Right. Just like, I don't have to be, you know, a black dude to be a Booker T fan, or I don't have to be a white dude to be a Shawn Michaels fan or whatever. No, I, I think if you're just, if you just love pro wrestling, you just say, well, you were just an Eddie Guerrero fan. Yeah. And there Regardless. you go. There's your winner. Yeah. What'd you think about the finish? You know, the, um, the dragon sleeper. That's something you and I've never really talked about as a finishing maneuver. What'd you think of that? I like the dragon sleeper. It was a, it was a, it was a, uh, a twist on the sleeper hold. Diamond and Dallas. How are you doing? The rumor in innuendo is you're doing great. Well, let me tell you something, bro. I'm making so much money on DDP yoga that I don't have to do this shit anymore. 
and look at me wearing my hat backwards like I'm 17. I'm actually 45 here. Me, 45. Not only that, I'm Eric Bischoff's friend. Everybody said they put my ass over because of Eric Bischoff's friend. I busted my ass. And right now, I'm making more money than Eric Bischoff ever made. He is making a lot of money, by the way, with that DDP yoga. Or I'm sorry, DDPY. Turn my life around, sure did. He um, he bought a new house last year, too, I think. Mm, I'm sure he did. Probably paid cash for it. Well, if he didn't, I know where he can get a good deal. Hey, so <laughs> Chris Benoit here is about to have a match with Booker T. And this was a, a series of matches that helped put these guys on the map. They're going to go 14 minutes and 11 seconds. Just to recap, I mean, Bill Goldberg and Perry Saturn in your first match. So obviously Goldberg is going to be the biggest star in WCW soon enough. Perry Saturn, one of the greats, Ultimo Dragon, Chavo Guerrero, Booker T, Chris Benoit. Holy cow. Yeah. And by the way, after this match, Kurt Henning and Davey boy Smith, Jesus, like I, I said at the beginning, I said, boy, did we, we were loaded with talent Tons. and I know, I know back then that the, the WWF back then wanted to make us seem like that we had all the old guys, right? We had, uh, Hogan, we had Nash. They were all the old, but that was not true. That was not true at all. We had a lot of young great talent and we're going to see it here in this matchup. It's great to see Booker T at, at Starcast. And uh, he's grown his hair I, out a little. <laughs> I guess he has. Great to see his wife Shamel who was of course uh Wait, I'm sorry, what was her name? Shot one is Shamel. Okay. It's not her it's not his wife's name. <laughs> That's fine, sucker. Uh <laughs> Well, anyway, she was a Nitro girl and she's great. Yes. What, what about this what belt he's belt? wearing here? It's my least favorite WCW belt ever. Really? It's the squiggly line belt. The squiggly line belt. Oh my God. Some of these white people raising the roof have no idea how to do it. Can you, can we get you to post a video Wednesday on uh Twitter of you raising the roof just so you can demonstrate the Tony Schiavone way? Yeah, I can do it. I think that'd be great. I'll have hey. my earrings in. I'll have my Jesus piece out. Oh, I have geez. all my, uh, by the way, I, I forget who told me this, but someone approached me oh, in God. Las Vegas. It may have been, it may have been Casio. Mm. Oh, shit. and he said, may not have been, but he said, I really thought it was just a gimmick. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, with Shivani, I thought it was all just like theater of the mind. I said, what are you talking about? So you're fucking ragging on him for having these diamond earrings and this gold, the gold chains and all that. He's like, that's just for real. I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's not doing it. He's not wearing it. Like ironically, like, no, like he's just, he's wearing it. He's like, are we going to tell him? I was like, I told him. He's like, he thinks it's a bit for the show. I thought it was a bit for the show. I was like, no, no. He knows he looks like a fucking dumbass, and he's comfortable with it. Hold on a second. Fucker. First of all, how do you wear something ironically? Um, it's, okay. it's like, it's like a okay. ugly sweater, ugly Christmas sweater contest. Okay. Like you're not wearing it cause you think it looks cool. You're wearing it because you know, it's awful and you you want how awful it is to like, right. You, you know, pop the crowd. Yeah. And that's not what you're doing. Like you're not wearing that to impress these motherfuckers. You just, 
just being Tony Schiavone, being a badass, rolling around with some CZs, baby. I got that middle of the mall shit going. <laughs> no, that ain't platinum girl. That's sterling silver. You don't know nothing about that. Let me, can I tell you why I wore the, uh, the, uh, the earrings because and why, you, I'm wearing, why I'm wearing all this stuff. The real reason behind that. Because you can. Well, yeah, though, of course, because I can, but because I like Conrad, you know this by now, but I'm a weird fucker. That's a fact, Jack. <laughs> I mean, I'm a weird fucker. Okay. And I, you know how I realized how weird I was. How weird were you? Well, I, <laughs> when I realized it, I realized how weird I was in, in Las Vegas. I was just, I just, I was just weird. I just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a loner. I know it, like you're invited to our Starcast wrap up dinner, right? You know, we, uh, invited, uh, most of the production staff and, uh, my, my mom and dad, and, uh, of course the misses and. We got everybody there and you're not there and don't want to come. Well, first of all, I didn't know anything about the wrap up dinner. I didn't know anything about it. And as soon as the, as soon as the, the shows were done, I hopped into a cab or hopped to Uber and I went down to, uh, to downtown and I sat at a bar at the D hotel and ate a steak by myself and drank a few Moscow mules. Thank you, Jr. Why would you do that instead of hanging with us? I don't know. I, 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 I didn't know you guys were doing anything. I really didn't. So you didn't, but you didn't ask. No, I didn't. I mean, we were still packing up and then when we got done packing, then it was time to go. And so right. by that point, I just assume you're working on the show somewhere and I'm like, oh, fuck that. It can wait two hours. Come eat. And you're like, nope. Okay. No, I just, I just went down, got something to eat. And then I went back to the hotel room and worked on the show. I, and I just, I'm just, uh. Weird. I'm weird. I'm just a loner. Oh, by I the mean, way, can I just tell you that one of the low key MVPs of uh Starcast is uh Matt Shivani? I'm very proud of Matt. Very proud. He did a hell of a job. I thank you for saying that. He's uh he took charge, he really did. He was tremendous, you yeah. know, and uh, I'm excited to do it again with him. I can't believe I'm doing this dumb shit one more time. Uh but Starcast three, Chicago. And, uh, I haven't seen, sent you the lineup of the shows, but I think you're going to dig it. Yeah. I, well, shit, I dig anything you do, buddy, but just, just, I just, I'm a weirdo and I just, I put in those earrings because I knew that you would shit on them and I knew all you guys would shit on them. And I just, I don't know for a laugh maybe, or a rib or whatever. I just, no, you liked it. You had your ears pierced long ago. Well, long before I knew you. Exactly. Exactly. And I did that for a rib on Lois because I knew Lois would shit on it. And I got it for my 50th birthday back then. And, and she shit on it. And it's just, it's just, it's just funny to me. And I just, I'm a weird motherfucker. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just odd. No, but you're our odd. You're our, you're like the George Costanza of wrestling. Oh, I'm not. George Costanza of wrestling. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Maybe. So, uh, Maybe it's because when I open my billfold, there's nothing but receipts in there instead of money. Is that it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's what Costanza used to do. Oh, God. Hey, meanwhile. Well, I, uh, I just need you to hit somebody with uh, the jerk store called. 
the jerk store called. <laughs> like that's the most Shivani line ever. Oh God. So, but anyway, uh, so yeah, you're, you're, uh, hooked in with a weird guy. And, and, and also I want to, I want to add into this fuck Casio motherfucker. I'm, I was on his podcast on that motherfucker's podcast. He's going to talk about me behind my back. Well, fuck him. Yeah, I agree. Fuck Cassio. <laughs> anyway, he'll be on next week. Yeah. Hey, should we tell everybody what we got coming up? Yeah. You, uh, we uh, came up with a pretty damn good list of stuff coming up. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got the next several shows wrapped up and I guess we should, um, we should tell everybody we're talking over a pretty good match here. Yes, we are uh, three and a half stars. It's still a little weird to, you know, get super excited about a Chris Benoit match, but this series is really the series that that kind of put both of these guys on the map, you know, the Booker T had been positioned as a tag team guy. Now he's going to be a single star in this TV title feud he's having here with Chris Benoit. I remember being something that a casual wrestling fan in my life, a very good friend of mine, but someone who wasn't really paying attention to wrestling started to get into it a little bit because the NWO was getting hot and things like that. And the first match or the first person he really gravitated to was Chris Benoit. And it was because of this series where he was really? like, oh man, he's my, like, he enjoyed all the wrestling, you know? Oh, I love wrestling. I love nitro and raw and blah, blah, blah. He was getting into it. But when I would say, Hey, who's your favorite wrestler? I'm, I'm expecting in 1998, you know, Steve Austin, I don't know, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, DDP, whatever. He hit me with Chris Benoit, huh? which I thought was, don't get me wrong. I like it. But from a casual wrestling fan standpoint, I assume, oh, he's going to say sting or Lex Luger or whatever, a more established big name guy. I thought Benoit was really more for the hardcores, right? I was wrong. Uh, So let's run through the shows. Um, here we go. Okay. Clash got, of the Champions 7 is right. coming up next week. What do you remember about Clash of the Champions 7? Well, Clash of the Champions 7, wasn't that the one that was on the Army base? Yes. And they were sweating and the ding-dongs were on it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> How do you remember <laughs> and I, all this? I, and I remember Steamboat was in the main event against Terry Funk. Well, there you go. You've got yeah. uh, the Freebirds and the Midnights, Sting and Bill Irwin. Woof. Uh, varsity club and the Steiner brothers, Norman, the lunatic and Mike justice, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, the midnights and the Samoan SWAT team. Wow. Uh, the ding dongs taking on Cougar J and George South. I wonder who wins there. The free birds and dynamic dudes, Ranger Ross versus the terrorists. That's right. That was actually a wrestler named the terrorists. And in the main event, Ricky steamboat and Terry funk that goes all the way back to June of, uh, 89 at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. So that's, right. what's coming up next week. And that should be fun. I mean, I'm really just excited to talk about ding dongs with you. If I'm honest, <laughs> I mean, it's one of your favorites, right? Well, you know, I was working for the WWE. Look at this. Holy shit. He could do it, man. Unfortunately, it led to his demise. But anyway, uh, I, I was working at the WWF at that time and we were laughing at the fact that they were the ding dongs and that was all Jim heard and he wanting that, I guess. And 
you know, if you if you say I didn't stand up and say, hey, what about Goldberg? Are we doing the right wrong thing? Why did anybody stand up and say, hey, what about these fucking ding dongs? All right. So then the next week, what we yeah. got coming your way on June nineteenth, right, is a watch along from a June thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven episode of Nitro. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, that's a pretty random show. Why are we watching that? Right. I I don't know either. Why are we watching? That? Ric Flair has two women carry a Roddy Piper mannequin to the ring. Oh my God! Do I need to keep going? No, I think that's that sells it enough. Like <laughs> I, when I saw that, I was like, "Well, fuck! That's what we're doing." Mm. I know what we're doing. There's lots of fun stuff on the show, though. You know, you've got lots of luchadors and you know Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and you know uh, Ernest Miller and Billy Kidman and. Obviously all the big stars, the Hulk Hogan's and the Scott Steiner's and the DDP's and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I'm pretty excited about a Piper mannequin. That should be fun. Especially if, if Flair had one of the, and I don't remember this, but he could have had one of the girls get down on her hands and knees in front of the mannequin and, you know, give it a pipe job. Oh, what is a, what is a pipe job? <laughs> it's a, you know, a pipe job, a blow job. Wait, who calls it a pipe job? Are you from the fucking, are you like a longshoreman? Are you been working down at the docks? What are you talking about? A pipe job. Mm. A pipe job is what they'd say at like Jiffy Lube at the transmission place or something. <laughs> okay. Besides Our, on this, we're trying to clean it up here on the program. We're trying to clean up the program. Yeah. So from now well, on, we're not going to say blow job. We're not going to say pipe job, but like pipe job just seems weird. We're just going to go. <laughs> Okay, just try to suck his dick. How does that sound? What, why are we Why are we trying to clean it up? What has somebody come down from the from podcasting heaven and said Shivani and Conrad Thompson need to clean it up because they're getting too risque or too uh, vulgar on their podcast? Is, is that it? Yes. Why are we trying to clean it up? Yeah, I mean you nailed it. That's right. Yeah. Oh shit! Now I got a whole list of things we can or can't do if we take a certain sponsorship, and I and I had to pass on it. Oh. Okay. Do you want me to read that list? Yes. All right. Let me run you through the rest of the list though. Okay. Uh, the All June 26th, 1999 nitro is what we'll be covering on June 26th. Mm-hmm. And why are we covering that one? Well, go ahead. Uh, Sid vicious wrestles Scott Putsky on this show. DDP <laughs> and Canyon team up against Dean Malenko and buff Bagwell. Oh. Ernest Miller is going to fight Disco Inferno on this one. We've also got Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, Kurt Henning, and Bobby Duncan Jr. taking on Brian Adams, Vincent, Horace Hogan, and Stevie Ray because rap is crap. Bam Bam Bigelow's in there with Hack. Eddie Guerrero's in there with Lenny Lane. Perry Sanders and Chris Benoit take on Fit Finley and Dave Taylor. But your main event, are you ready for this? I'm uh, no, after what you just told me, I don't know if I'm ready for it or not. Go ahead. Kevin Nash versus David Flair for the world title. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Come on with it. Come on. That's your family, buddy. Tell me I'm not related to Kevin Nash. (sighs) Uh, Great American bash 1990. One of the more historic shows in WCW history. We're going to be covering that one on July 3rd. Of course, that's the day before independence day. And I think everybody remembers that show best. For Sting coming to the ring dressed like an American flag, and he, of course, right. is going to get the win over Ric Flair for the NWA World Title. Underneath, 
It's Doom working with Rock and Roll Express. It's Mean Mark Callis who's going to go on to be the Undertaker with Lex Luger. Uh, the Dudes with Attitudes, which is Elegante, Junkyard Dog, and Paul Orndorff are going to take on Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and Sid Vicious. The Steiner Brothers are going to destroy the fabulous Freebirds. Vader is going to demolish Tom Zink. The Midnights are in there with the Southern Boys, and it's 18 minutes of the best wrestling action you're going to see. Harley Race is in there with Tommy Rich, which feels like it's from 83, not 90. Doug Furness is in there with Dutch Mantel, Mike Rotundo with the Iron Sheik, and Brian Pillman gets a win over Buddy Landell. Lots of stuff happening on that undercard from Great American Bash 1990. Meanwhile, as you're talking about all that, a ref bump, fans were going with this and they did a ref bump out of it, man. Yeah, you guys could fuck up a wet dream. Great Boy, American ever... Bash 92 is what we're covering the next week, which will be... Oh, I, I remember that one. Okay, that's July 10th. Your main event is Terry Gordy and Steve Williams taking on Dustin and Barry Windham. Underneath, right. we've got Sting and Vader. We've also got Dustin and Barry against uh, Haas and Hashimoto. Right. Uh, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams are going to take on Nikita Koloff and Ricky Steamboat. Right. Dustin and Barry are going to take on Austin and Rude. Haas right. and Hashimoto with the Freebirds. Lots of international talent on this one. A tale of two great American bashes. Fair to say? Yeah, that that was a tournament, if I recall. That's right, yeah. For, yeah, for the, for the World Tag Team Championship. And that's why you got uh, Dustin and Barry wrestling a couple of times, Gordy and Williams wrestling a couple of times, too. So, yeah, that and tournaments never work. Never Booker work. T here gets your win. He's going to uh, get the win after a pin. Uh, three and a half stars. And next up, we've got Kurt wrestling Davy boy. And there's going to be an unannounced stipulation where Rick Root is handcuffed to Jim Neidhart. And, oh. um, Meltzer would say after the two previous great matches, not only was this time for a bathroom break, but time to leave your brain in another room. Really? <laughs> now they're trying to explain the unexplainable. You see the reason Rude has handcuffs every week. And after the angle is over, Doug Dillinger always has the key. And that's because all handcuffs have the same master key. Okay. Granted Dillinger should always carry a handcuff master key because God knows what these guys are doing on the road with handcuffs and sort of emergencies might crop up. That much is understandable. But given all that, because it happens to Smith and Neidhart every week, why don't they carry one of these secret master keys with them as well? At least what? thinking like that distracts you from having to wait until this match is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never, never try to talk about logic when it comes to this shit. Look at the bump that old Mickey J put took. <laughs> oh, wow. I bet you hate Mickey J. No, I don't hate him. Well, you said you, you liked sensical wrestling and that was a nonsensical bump. So <laughs> you probably put him in a luchador mask and call him super refo. No, if Mickey J was told to take a bump, how can I hate Mickey J for, for doing what he's told? I forgot to tell you something. Oh God. What? I've, conv- go. I've convinced Cassio. I've convinced Cassio. Yeah. To adopt a wrestling gimmick. Well, are you serious? He thinks it's original. I convinced him that, that we made it up, but he loves it. And he somehow managed to not Google it. He's going to, he's going to call himself super porky, super porky. Yes. Which as you know, is a real wrestler. He, however, does not know that he thinks that super porky is going to be his original idea. Yeah. 
Do you remember Super Porky? I do not. All right, type Super Porky into your Google machine and click images. Okay. Now, now, the reason I'm mentioning this is because, you know, he is thinking about coming out on the road with us. Mm-hmm. We've got shows coming up. I guess now's as good a time as any to mention this. We've got two shows coming up, one in St. Louis at off Broadway, June 22nd at 7:30. Tickets are on sale now, and we'll attach those links to where you can purchase it directly off of our Twitter. So if you follow us on Twitter at WHW Monday, There'll be a link right there. You can come see us in St. Louis on June 22nd at 7:30 at off Broadway. But the very next day, you and I are at Jimmy's famous seafood in Baltimore. So we've got two shows back to back, one the 22nd, one the 23rd. And Cassie was like, Hey, what if I came? I was like, I wish you would. So he's going to come tag along with us, but he's like, man, I gotta, I don't want to just do my regular standup thing. I need like a, like a wrestling gimmick, like an alter ego. And I was like, what do you want? He's like, I don't know. Something funny. You know, I'm fat. And I was like, Oh. What about, what about super porky? He laughed till he cried and he's like, I'm fucking doing it. I'm doing it. Are you in? I'm in. So that became the plan. So now he's going to show up to these shows in full, his version of what he thinks super porky is. He's going to refer to himself as super porky. Oh God. Have you since Google image super porky? Yeah. I see super porky here. He was a Mexican wrestler, right? Have you seen the picture of him eating the ham? That's the best yes. part. Yeah. The ham is, is what makes it. You, you said was like he's dead. He's not dead. He's only 56. Really? Yeah. He lasted till 56, huh? Whoa, whoa. Why are you being like that? <laughs> because, well, I, 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 because he's fat and he takes bumps and he's active. I just didn't think he you would think his heart would explode. What's wrong but, with you? Why are you being but, like this? You're being but, mean to super porky. No, but maybe not. Did he do anything with the WWF? Yeah. Yeah. I see a picture of him here with Teddy long. Yeah. He's giving him his ham with Vince McMahon in the background. Yeah. Holy shit. Look at his forehead. Yeah. Look at it. Oh my God. Would you look at it? Hey, I, I would do you look this. at it. Okay, I need to I need to say this with all due respect to you. Okay, okay, you've got a crew of guys. Me being one, Cassio being another. Okay, uh, Mike Dawkins being another. Okay. Silva, all of us just absolutely, just absolutely worship you. You're our leader. What? Well, hang on a second, and we we hang on every word you say because you're our leader, and you. Pull ribs on us all the time. What the fuck? I invited you to dinner and you know, shows you could eat by your goddamn self. <laughs> and then, and here's the deal. I pretended like I didn't know that story when you told me earlier. Cause I thought it was yeah. just, we're putting on a show. But mm-hmm. when I called you out on that bullshit, you replied with the coldest thing. Anybody's ever sent me in a tweet or in a text. You said any good pimp is his own best company. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know what that means, but that is some profound shit. Any good pimp is his own best company. And I was like, well, okay, well, fuck. He's good by himself. Yeah. Uh, I could have texted you a bitch eating a lettuce wrap. Can't tell me nothing, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh 
my God. Boy, uh, you know, it's sad watching this because you know, yeah. literally everyone involved is dead. Right. The referee's dead. British Bulldog's dead. His opponent, Mr. Perfect, is dead. Rick Rude, dead. Has handcuffed himself to Jim Neidhart, also dead. Yeah. Wrestling promotion, soon to be dead. I mean, look at this. Yeah. Literally every. Who's that cameraman? Is that guy still alive? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he is or not. I have to get another look at him. But I, I, I can't did say. Use, did you use the same cameraman everywhere you went? Uh, yeah, we ended up. Uh, and a lot of those were TBS guys, which, which I guess are going to end up being uh, some cameramen for uh, AEW show, right? You, you know what or I T- just realized? I can't believe that I'm saying this either. Is that the only black cameraman for WCW? Because I don't remember. No, we had a couple of them. We had, we had, we had, uh, we had a number of, uh, of African-Americans working for us in production. I'm not saying that there weren't more African-Americans on the squad. I'm just saying, it feels like in every shot, I'm like, I'm just like, okay, that's Jackie Crockett or not. It's like, whenever I watch an old WCW show with you, I just assume I have two classifications for the cameraman. Are they Jackie Crockett or are they not? That's all I know. And so right. I was like, Hey, well, who's this guy? And I'm, I just see his pant leg and I'm like, okay, yep. maybe that's, well, no, it can't be, it can't be Jackie. Cause he only wears shorts. Mm-hmm. And then when they get a watch and I'm like, wait a minute, that's a black dude. Like, I right. don't remember like in my, as I file away the different cameraman <laughs> from who's Jackie Crockett and who ain't, I just didn't remember seeing the, I didn't remember seeing a black dude there. Yeah, there was, uh, gosh, there was, a uh, uh, one of our cameramen, one of our cameramen went on to be, and still works for NFL films. Who's that? Know? Uh, his name is Al. I'm going to say Al Maxwell, but that's wrong. Uh, but his name is Al yeah. and, he, and he was a cameraman for us and it was a very good one. And, uh, he went on to have a great career away from wrestling. You know, when we started Conrad, when we started, we just used Wherever we would go, we would use cameramen. And then it got to the point to where we wanted to use our same guys because that's what Vince did because you used your same guys who knew how to shoot wrestling. And, um, so we used our same guys and traveled them everywhere. And it was a TBS crew, basically. Sure. Turner, Turner, because that's who we were. Well, that's the reason I asked if you use different guys, because I know, and I know from experience now, like in Las Vegas, nope, got to use union dudes or, or just pay union dudes to sit there and eat a sandwich. That's kind of what we did. A lot of these places. So let's but, talk about what else is coming up here on the show. We've got uh, great American bash 1997 coming up on July 17th. And that's an interesting show because you got Mortis and wrath starting out against glacier and Ernest Miller. Yeah. Then you got Jericho and Ultimo dragon. Then you got the Steiner brothers taking on great Muda and Masahiro Chono. Then you've got Hooventude, Hector Garza and Lizmark jr. Taking on the Parca, psychosis and Viano four. Chris Benoit is in there with the taskmaster in a retirement match. Jarrett is finally going to settle his feud with uh, Steve McMichael. Then we've got Scott Hall and Randy Savage taking on DDP and Kurt Henning. Roddy Piper is in there with Ric Flair and your main event is a tag team match. Lex Luger and the giant taking on Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. This Mm. was way ahead of its time. (laughs) It was. Well, I'm just saying Dennis Rodman in a main event like this, this was major news. I mean, we look back now and Dennis Rodman is a funny footnote in history, but he was the pop icon or cultural icon. I mean, he, he was everywhere. He was, he was on the cover of magazines and, and inquirers and all the cable news shows. And 
I mean, he was showing up to his book signings in a wedding dress. I mean, he was Mr. Controversy and sure he was constantly in trouble, you know, for bad, not necessarily trouble, just garnering headlines, you know, crazy hairstyles or, you know, crazy, random, weird wedding ceremonies and drunken escapades. And it was just, it was news, everything he did. And, and we'll cover that one on July 17th. And then on July 24th, you weren't there for it, but a lot of people call it the best pay-per-view WCW ever did. And that makes sense because you weren't there to fuck it all up. Uh, <laughs> it was great American bash 1989. And we're going to get to that one on the 24th of July. And I'm really excited to cover that one right here upon the 30 year anniversary. That'll be the day after the 30 year anniversary. And this card is just absolutely loaded. We've got Dan Spivey and Sid vicious, um, in a, in a two ring king of the hill battle Royal with Bill Irwin and Brian Pillman and Eddie Gilbert and Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotundo and Ranger Ross and Rick Steiner and Ron Simmons and Scott Hall and Scott Steiner and Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. And then we've got Pillman and Irwin, and then we've got the skyscrapers and the dynamic dudes. And then we've got Cornette and Paulie dangerously in a tuxedo match, which I can't believe is a real thing. Mm. And then the Steiner brothers are in there with the varsity club, but then sting takes on great Muda process that sting and great Muda for the TV title. And then for the U S title, Lex Luger and Ricky steamboat, and then a war games match with the road warriors, the midnight express and Dr. Death taking on the fabulous Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team. And your main event that goes 17 minutes, Ric Flair and Terry Funk, one of the best pay-per-views ever. And we're finally getting to cover it and we're doing it on July 24th. Wow. That's uh, that's a pretty stacked card, man. Sting. Great Muda. Holy shit. I mean, that's way cool stuff. Yeah, that is cool shit. And then our last one that we've got planned July 31st, we'll round up the month of July here. It's a uh, clash of the champions. 31. This one went down at, um, Daytona beach at the ocean center in August of 95. The main event is why we're really covering it, but on the undercard it's Ming and Kurosawa taking on sting and road warrior Hawk. Diamond Dallas Page taking on Alex Wright. The Renegade is in there with Paul Orndorff. That's real. And then we've hmm. got the Harlem Heat and Sister Sherry taking on Bunkhouse Buck, Dick Slater, and Colonel Robert Parker in a six-person tag match. But the main event, unbelievably, it's a handicap match. Ric Flair and Arn Anderson on one side, Vader on the other. It takes less than seven minutes for Vader to beat the fuck out of both of them. <laughs> so we'll cover that one next <laughs> On uh, July 31st, there's your, your full lineup wow. of what's coming, baby. Wow. I didn't even remember Kurosawa. What really? Fuck? Yeah, there's a lot I didn't remember. There you go. So hey, at, le- at least we talked through this shit, right? No, I agree. This is, this is horse shit. There's a lot of good stuff on this show. This happens to not be one of them. Right. Uh, it sucks, too, because these are absolute legends. But the creative here just kind of sucks. Yeah. By the way, speaking of absolute legends, it was great. And uh, a thumbs up to everybody who worked on the Owen Hart. Look back at Owen Hart, remembering Owen Hart that we did at, at StarCast, too, especially Davey Boy Smith Jr., who I thought did a great job for us as well. By the way, it's uh, it's in the Observer last week that uh, everybody and their brother's looking at Davey Boy right now. Does that surprise you? Mm, no, not at all. It's really, looked- it's really weird that he's made it this long. If I'm honest with you, I mean, I know he's really enjoyed his time in Japan and he's gone about it smart, but I mean, with a guy who's got that heritage, who's got that pedigree and he's that height. Cause this is not a little dude. Nope. You know, the idea that 
and I know he's doing stuff with MLW. I'm not discounting that at all, but I'm just right. saying that the, the idea that, you know, AEW or WWE one or the other hasn't already tried to like snap him up to me yeah. is, I mean, I guess they are now lots of interest from everywhere. So might, that might be the last time we can have him at Starcast, but <laughs> right. it was cool to have him. Yeah, you're right. He's, uh, he's, uh, He's legit, man. He and, and he's a, he's a good guy, and he he respects the business because of his heritage. Loves the business, and uh, here's one of your favorites. Oh my god! You know, there's only thing one thing that could make this worse. Uh, let's see. Uh, what would that be? Don't let him wrestle Chris Jericho. Don't let him wrestle Chris Jericho. Okay. Don't let him wrestle Chris Jericho. And here's why I hate Chris Jericho matches on the network. Mm. Cause they're going to dub in his fucking WWE music. Mm. It's awful. Here's what it sounds like. Put a Canada. Weighing 224 and three quarter pounds. He's the WCW cruiserweight champion. Mm. So break mm. the walls down. Come on, man. Hey, but this was a great time for Jericho though. No, I creatively, thought. this was my favorite Jericho. You know, yeah. I, I was a big fan of the heel WCW Jericho out of everything he's done. This to me is still his best stuff. And, you know, I know he's still main eventing pay-per-views and, you know, rock shows and blah, blah, blah. But this is, you know, it's sort of like my favorite Hulk Hogan is the one I grew up on. Well, my favorite Chris Jericho is the one I grew up on. Right. Can you believe he's still doing this, by the way? He's incredible. You know, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of people were, were really, really negative about, uh, his appearance at double or nothing. They thought he looked out of shape and he looked bloated and like he was prepared or taking care of himself. I didn't get that impression. And when I saw, you know, him tweeting out pictures of the bruises the next day, it's like the dude's got abs. How are we saying he's not in shit? Is that just people looking to shit on Jericho? People looking to shit on AEW, or just people who maybe resent the fact that he'll be 49 later this year and are still main eventing a pay-per-view Conrad, you know, this by now, because you are, you're so active into social media, people shit on things. That's what, that's what social media is about. They do. They just want to shit on things. And it's easy to shit on things when you are an unknown in back of a keyboard. It's easy to do that. So I, I, I take that with a grain of salt. Listen, Chris Jericho is heavier than now than he was what we're looking at right now, kissing the belt, but he's aged. And and when you age, you get heavier, you do. And it's just the way it is. And you, you, your looks change, but the kid can still bump, man. He really can. He can still go. And he's still got that it factor about him. He's oh, still one of the biggest stars in the sport. Nobody's arguing that. I'm just saying yeah. it, it feels like there is this, you know, and some of it's just people drawing battle lines, you know, and, Oh, I know. Oh, I don't like AEW. I like WWE. But then there is this the contrarian fan who they mm-hmm. fucking hate everything. You know, right. you just scroll through their line, their 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 Twitter feed, and it's looking like you're. It's almost like you just jumped into Lois's Twitter feed by accident, right? It's just everything's negative, and I hate everybody, and everybody sucks. And but but here's here's how, here's why I discount some of this, and I'm sure some of the people, well, most of the people who hate everything are chicken dicks anyway. Okay, I get that. You're. You're, you're afraid of your own shadow. You're not worth a fuck. So you got to be a troll. I get that. I understand that's, that's your cross to bear. You got to look yourself in the mirror. We don't have to fuck with you. Only thing we have to do is mute you or block you and you're gone from our lives. 
But also, some of those tweets, I firmly believe this, and I want you to see if you agree with me or not. Some of those tweets are not legit tweets. Oh, are you saying that maybe the WWE is putting bots on this? Yes. I don't think WWE is putting bots on it. I'm going to shut that down. By okay. the way, since we're talking, I just Google imaged it. Yeah. And Jericho has apps. I mean, I understand that, you know, it's not the, the V cut or whatever. It, he's not, he didn't like a bodybuilder. I get it. But I mean, people who are saying the dude's not in shit. I just don't buy that. No, I don't either. So again, take that shit with a grain of salt. Right. And you know, it's worth mentioning dudes for, as we said, as we said, dudes, 48, Yeah. like realistically Hulk Hogan in this, in this movie we're about to watch or this match we're about to watch. Uh, he's not wrestling, but he's going to come out and do an appearance. Or I guess he is wrestling. Yeah. Um, he's about that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so when people are like, um, oh, Jericho, this or that dude, this is competing at a high level at 49 is not out of the question anymore. Let me ask you about this too. And I, and I noticed this about the show. We are what we're about an hour over an hour into the show and there's not been one promo done. Yeah. Not one interview. We went hot and cold on interviews. We would do them and then we didn't want to do them. And then we do them and didn't want to do them. We, we got into the mode to where we didn't want to have them. What did you think? You you think it could, it's good to not have them on a pay-per-view. I didn't like it. And here's why I didn't like it. What sold me the show was nitro, right? And, and, and I wanted what I couldn't get on nitro, which does mean, you know, the payoffs for some of these matches and, and, and really competitive matches with clean finishes and blah, 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 that we get screw jobs and schmazzes for on TV. I get that. But like, I wanted more of a Jericho promo. I want to hear from Hulk Hogan on this show. Like there are certain things that I sort of expect and I really enjoy from nitro that then come away from the pay-per-view, but I understand the thinking. The thinking is, well, no, those were all building, telling the story and building to this point. And now this is the climax. This is the payoff. But I think I would be more excited. I know I was, I was more excited in this era to go to a nitro than I was a pay-per-view. Right. Because nitro had the promos, uh, but it also had, it felt like, Hey, they're competing with something else. Like they've got to have what's next. The element of surprise. I just felt like. I was less likely to get surprised if I came to a pay-per-view, I'm going to see good matches. I'm going to see longer matches, but if I want to like be a part of a happening and say, I was there when such and such happened or when so-and-so jumped shipped or whatever, I think I'd rather go to a nitro. Well, here's my thought on it. And, and does this motherfucker have a dry erase board in the front? Yeah. And, and he, and he, he thinks he's sharp, but he's an idiot because you can't read what his dry erase board says. Well, Jericho can, but our camera can. Yeah, but he wants the camera to be able to read it. That's the problem. I think promos are always needed because you want to be entertained, and good promos entertain you. It doesn't always have to be about the wrestling. It's about talking. Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and the back in the heyday of TBS, Jim Cornette, Arn Anderson, all those guys entertained you by their talk as much as they did by their work. And... You just take the entertainment value, I think, out of it if you just give them two and a half hours of wrestling. And then you had G- you have Gene Okerlund, who was the greatest stick man ever. Fuck. I just I, I never did agree with that, ever. 
but there it was. It's about entertaining the fan. And Jericho entertained us a little bit when he came out and he talked a little bit, but oh, well, that's my two cents. And, you know, uh, not, not uh, casting uh, a shadow on AEW, but Double or Nothing didn't have any interviews in it, did it? Had a couple of announcers on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a couple of walk-ins, which were pretty good. They had JR walking in, had Kenny Omega, you know, on the computer or whatever, and a couple of things that were pretty good little vignettes, Cody walking in and the, you know, with his dog, I, it, I, it was all really cool. Uh, they had uh, Brandy come out and, you know, make the, the women's match an awesome match. That was cool. But man, the, the, the power of the promo, the power of the fucking promo, it's, it's lost. Well, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this too, because the world is talking about talk is Jericho where he had John Moxley on. Right. And Moxley, you know, was basically saying WWE creative sucks and he wasn't having fun doing it and he didn't want to do it anymore. And it didn't matter what they were going to offer him. It just wasn't fun for him. And they wanted him to say certain lines that he didn't want to say. And, right. you know, he had to give in on some, but he hated it and he, he didn't, you know, give in on others, but he went on, uh, with Wade Keller for the torch, he being John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And he basically insinuated that if you can't do a promo, get the fuck out of WWE. Like you should be able to do your own promo, a not a scripted promo, but just be your character and cut your promo. That's part of what being a wrestler is, but that's not what being a wrestler is like for the WWE. Like you don't have to go find your own bookings. You don't have to, you know, design your own merch. You don't have to promote your next match. You don't have to think about what you're going to do in the match. The agent will tell you, and you don't have to think about what you're going to say in the promo. They'll hand you a script and you don't have to make your own gear. They got, they got a couple ladies in the back who will do that too. We need you to, um, be awake and sober and arrive on time. Yeah. That's kind of what WWE has become. And that's the criticism. Uh, but I think a lot of the superstars there would say, well, no, that's those, that's sour grapes. You've got to, you've got to find a way to make it your own and you've got to will it through and blah, blah, blah. But I think Moxley's point is it shouldn't have to be that hard. That's an extension of Vince being a control freak is all that is. Of course it is. Listen, and, and anybody who's a wrestling fan who acts like, and this is the other thing that is annoying me a little bit. People are online like, oh, Vince is out of touch. Vince sucks. Vince should step aside. Vince has ruined wrestling. And here's the thing. I get you're frustrated. I get it. I am too. There's things about every Monday that some of us don't like. I get it. But, uh, Vince McMahon's the reason I'm a wrestling fan. Mm. So it's real hard for me to get behind. He's ruined wrestling. Like he made it cool for me to watch in the beginning. Like, I, I, I never would I don't I shouldn't say never. I'm not sure that I would have ever become a wrestling fan had it not been for Vince McMahon. I fell in love with the Hulk Hogan character and you know, that, that Saturday morning. I mean, I, I just don't know that it would have gotten to me or it would have got a hold of me unless Vince McMahon had his, had his finger in the pie, so to speak. He made it mainstream. He took it out of, as I've read before, I think that on that sports illustrated article, he took it out of the smoky gymnasiums. And the, uh, the bingo halls, if I can use that or whatever, 
put it in the big arenas and made it a big time thing. And well, there that, you go. I mean, that's not exactly true because all of that had happened beforehand, but, but still he, he, he took it to another level. You know, we're splitting hairs about what that means, but we can all agree that he took it to another level. And so when fans are just so quick to say, oh, fuck Vince, it's like, whoa, let's calm down on some of that. Like, I understand you didn't like the latest star Wars. Let's not motherfuck all of Disney that they've uh, Disney's done. Okay. For themselves. There's way more pluses than minuses. And you know, there's so many of my, some of my favorite wrestling moments or memories happened on, on Vince McMahon's watch. So yeah. it's like, I, I'm, I'm real slow to just dismiss all of it, but I do understand that the system has probably gotten a little bogged down, you know, uh, apparently back in the day, it was pretty easy to have a conversation with Vince. And now the story is that's not always the case. I mean, maybe it is if you're Roman reigns, but supposedly back in the day, you know, he was, he was on the plane with everybody, you know, flying commercial and. They were carpooling. Thank God this Prince IK match is over. Yeah, it wasn't that bad of a match, Conrad. No, it wasn't. Listen, I, but, we've really had was. a lot of fun giving Prince IK a shit. I, I hated the fact that they put him in a bad spot. He, to me, is like, you know, one of the more misused talents. It's not yeah. necessarily his fault. I hated the position he was put in, much like Goldberg. Sure. Uh, all right, next up, though, we've got Rick Steiner and Lex Luger, and they're going to team up against Scott Steiner and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. They're going to run a gimmick at the beginning of this match that I think we should have fun and dub over and talk a little bit. But before we do, I want to tell you that I got this, uh, this list of things we're not allowed to say or do from a potential sponsor. Okay. I wanted to run through some of these. See what you think. All right. Uh, please do not show children under the age of 12, unless accompanied by a gatekeeper, meaning a guardian or parent. Okay. Please do not use celebrities or characters aimed at children under 12. Please do not discuss children eating the product. Please do not mention diabetes, heart disease, obesity, or any health issue. Please do not mention PETA, veganism, or show animals. Please do not mention any illegal activities or depict gratuitous or excessive violence, brutality, cruelty, or suffering to people or animals. Please do not mention politics. Please do not depict explicit sexual behavior or inappropriate sexual suggestiveness or innuendo. Mm. Please do not make any references to unethical or self-destructive behavior or values like drinking, smoking, drug abuse, or associated experience. Please do not use inflammatory language such as curse words or derogatory terms. Avoid ethnic and racial, religious, or sexual stereotyping or ridicule. Do not alienate a particular audience or create nasty, disturbing content. Do not reference or show competitive slash third-party branding. This includes clothing, surrounding materials, i.e. on the person or in the background. Please do not speak badly about anyone or any brand, including other insert brand. Um... Please do not mention trademarked events like Super Bowl, Academy Awards, etc., without prior written approval and permission. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Does, is, is this the potential sponsor? Yeah, I told them to go fuck themselves. Jesus Christ. Do they know what we do? I was going to say, man, you got the wrong show, bro, because we're going to motherfuck everybody. We're going to use bad words. We're going to talk about eating edibles and drinking too much cold beer. 
And, uh, yeah, we well, don't, talk, we don't talk about 12 year old kids. And I, I, and, I won't mention your diabetes as long as you don't mention my obesity. Uh, <laughs> but that's as far as I could get with that. When we started getting into sexual behavior, I'm like, well, we can't, we don't have a show if we're not motherfucking yeah. somebody or cussing or making dirty in inter- and then when it said, do not alienate a particular audience or create nasty, disturbing content. I'm like, motherfucker, that's what we do. Good God. We are nasty and disturbing. That's what we are. Yeah. That would be our tag team name. Nasty and disturbing. All right. What's, what's Buff Bagwell saying right here? Okay. Buff Bagwell saying this hand, I put it in a bag to steal some money out and they shut the door on it. That's right hand. And I said, I, I don't give a fuck. Next show I come to, I'll steal some more fucking money because me. I stole money all my entire career. That's how I made money. I stole it and I'm stealing it here tonight. Hey, motherfucker, ham cubes, ham cubes, my ass on Conrad Thompson. I chased your ass away. The first arcade, I'll do it again. And I'll call everybody a cunt. Cause that's what I say. They wouldn't like me saying the C word, would they? No. Nope. Oh, speaking of, uh, and here comes old fuck one and two. Old. Bagwell's trying to get out, right? Old fuck one and two. He says, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Bagwell, you gotta be ribbing me. You motherfucker. Here, I'm just going to pull my coat back and reveal my big belly. As you can see my big belly. Don't get a shot of his hand. My hand. I got my hand by going into the cookie jar and got it slammed. Oh, it hurts. But as you can see, JJ's belly next to me, JJ, would you put that coat over your belly? <laughs> what the fuck is JJ doing? <laughs> He's got his cuff back exposing his rotund midsection. Isn't it amazing that JJ still looks the same? Still looks the same. I think maybe he dyed his hair a little bit there. He's, he's trying to get a little blonde there. Okay. JJ at this time, though, had a much younger wife, didn't he? Yeah. Now, I don't know, I don't know the details, but I need you to tell me how much younger was the wife? All I hear him say is much younger. Uh, I would think, let's see, how old is JJ here? Maybe. Uh, well, this is 21 years ago. So he's Uh, 56. Yeah. His wife was probably 33, 34. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are they bringing in here? I don't know, but it must be serious. Motherfucker's got two beepers <laughs> Two, but he's got fucking jeans on. So here's huh? the gimmick. Remember, this is a cast and this is the medical right. staff here to check out the cast. Okay. Got it. And they're yeah. going to unpeel the, the cast and it's All the right. worst looking cast ever, but they're trying to show this off as a way to, and look, he's mad. So he's grabbing JJ by the neck mm-hmm. and he realizes he did it with the good hand Yeah. or the bad hand. Sorry. Right. This is the old, um, sorry, I'm late guys. I, I had a flat tire. Oh man. I'm sorry to hear about your four flats. Hey, I didn't say it was four flats. How'd you know it was four flats? Ah, isn't that what it is? Yes. <laughs> this is the fucking WCW version of that bullshit. Oh God. All right. All right. So here's Rick Steiner. I, I need, I need to hear about what you think about that jacket and he's taking it off so damn fast, but remember those, uh, bulldog. Hood ornaments they'd have on the front of big trucks back in the day. I think it was like, a yeah, he had them on his shoulders, right? Yeah. 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 What do you think of that? I fucking loved it. Can we get you to like get a jacket like that next winter? 
No. Why not? You got because they work for Rick earrings. Snyder. It doesn't work for me. Well, your earrings hey, don't work for you. You're still I, doing that. I'm just the earring Jesus piece guy, man. I'm not wearing the bulldogs. No, fuck that. We're getting you Mack truck bulldogs. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, and then maybe uh, <clears throat> maybe uh, by using Blue Chew, I might. Whoa, look at that. Fuck. Boy, I tell you what, you have thought about your hard ons more since you got these earrings. It's unbelievable how much you think about your dick now that you've got Blue Chew. <laughs> well, why not? It, it's, 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 it's turned my life around. It's turned my life around. And when they told me, when they told me, that they make the very first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. I went, yes, because you know how long it took me to, to swallow pills, Conrad? No. <laughs> it took me a long time. I couldn't swallow pills. Used to When I was a kid, I used to have to crunch them up, okay, and put them in jelly when I would have to take pills when I was a kid. And that happened all the way until I was a teen- teenager. So there. So how about that? And now... With Blue Chew, it can work twice as fast as the other two. It's cheaper than the other two as well. It comes in discreet packaging. Prescribed online by a doctor made in the USA. Hell fucking yeah. Made in the USA. Gives you the confidence in bed every time. And believe you me, when you're my age, Conrad, and you still got a while to go, you need confidence in bed every time. Chew it and do it. Great deal. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first order free, but you got to use this promo code. It's the promo code that you know by heart. WHW. Only pay the five bucks shipping. B L U E C H E W dot com. Promo code WHW and get your first order for free. And as we've said many times, we're giving out free hard dicks on what happened when. Is it true that you had, uh, when we were in Vegas, that you had your penis tattooed? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't think, I don't think I could have that done. I, I, I thought about getting the tattoo, not necessarily on my penis, but I thought about getting a tattoo one time and I'm just scared to death of needles, scared to death of needles. I was told that you got your Peter tattooed. <laughs> my Peter didn't get tattooed. What the fuck? What are you talking about? Well, I Peter got- what, what, wait, where, why are you stopping me? Peter got tattooed. Who told you I got my Peter tattooed? Uh, well, somebody saw you in the urinal. They're claiming they, they, they had a hog sighting. Well, and they said that God. it was a misspelled word. It was letters. It was like a name or something, but they couldn't really make out what it was. Yeah. It was supposed to be L O I S and it sounded, it ended up being L U I S. Well, what I heard was when you. That was, he only saw part of the letters, but when you took your blue chew, it said, welcome to tiny's bar and grill Chattanooga, Tennessee. (laughs) So it looked like, you know, three or four letters, like it was Lois, but when you got that rascal so hard, even a cat couldn't scratch it. Welcome to tiny's bar and grill Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ah, blue chew's a miracle worker, buddy. It's a miracle worker, but it won't save us from this shit show of a match, but it will get your cock real, real hard for this $5. Everybody wants to win them $5 hard ons. You know, subway even had a commercial for blue chew back in the day. I don't know that they knew about it though. It was $5, $5, $5 uh, foot long. 
But or, Jared knew about it. Uh, Jared knew a lot of stuff. He sure did. You think Jared's listening to this right now? Is somebody's I, taking I advantage hope, of him I, in prison? I hope not. Isn't that one of the weirdest fucking stories ever, dude? Ever. One of the weirdest stories ever. Like that dude was like. He was. Like everybody loved that dude. Yes, he did. And he was, he was, oh my God. I could have, I could have done the subway diet and I could have been a better spokesman and I would have never gotten in trouble by doing that shit. I would have only gotten in trouble by talking shit on this podcast. What's crazy to think is, is he, uh, he lost all the weight when he was like early twenties. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I bet you he's gotten fat in prison. Whew. I think the earliest uh, he's Jesus even Christ, eligible you, oh, fuck. for uh, release is 2029. Oh, Lord. Did you see? And the fans are going crazy. That was the worst clothesline ever. Everything about this match is the worst thing ever. It's got oh. buff fucking Bagwell in it. Oh, Jesus Christ. By the way, do you think uh, people have figured out who's all out based on who was booked at the first StarCast and who wasn't the second time? I think so. Yeah. And I think we can write some people off for Starcast 3 too now, can't we? We're making a list and checking it twice. We now know who's naughty and nice. <laughs> yes. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to swat them out of there. We don't want them anymore. It's amazing to me what running a convention like that. I mean, you yeah. learn a lot of things. Sure. But one of the things I learned too is just what's not over. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. There's stuff where you're like, oh man, people are going to fucking love this. This will be, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. And then other times it's, you know, the opposite where you're like, oh, that'll be kind of cool. And it's like, oh, fuck. Right. It was over like a rover. You know, I, I do need to say as, as this match is finally fucking over, uh, <laughs> Nick Patrick's more excited than we are. He had both <laughs> his hands raised to the air. He was doing his own white man, raise the roof gimmick. <laughs> I, I, I do think that, uh, I do think that we were all very, I don't know if surprise was a word, but elated about how sting did on his, he was tremendous. Dude, that sting panel is the one I hear the most about. You got to go yeah. check it out. Starcast on fight.com has it. And, uh, when you, when you order something there, you get unlimited replays. What's right. me and Gene saying here right now, besides call the yeah. hotline. Well, the fact is that if I were alive, I would have been at StarCast, and I would have been there with uh, uh, one of the ladies of the evening, a couple of pack of cigarettes, and some martinis. I don't mind telling you that I was smoking and drinking right before I died, but that's it because I was mean Gene fucking Oakland. That's what they expected. I would have been in StarCast, no question about it. You can call the wrestling hotline at 1-900-909-9900. And yes, as you can see with my fist, if you want to, you can jerk off while listening to me. That's right. I'll point at my gimmick and I'll point my finger down at you as well. Put both hands on the mic. That's what I want, like women to do. Put both hands on my joint before they stuck it in their mouth. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to bring in, well, I'm going to go back to the ring. <laughs> Where do you come <laughs> up with this horse shit, dude? I have no idea. I, have no idea. I just, yeah. God bless mean Gene. Oh, here's LaParca. Hey, I talked to LaParca. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, he was there. You guys yeah. got a chance to catch up? Yeah, he came up to me. He said, you remember me? I says, not without the mask. I don't. <laughs> I said, I'm LaParca. I swear, shit. Because, you know, LaParca has been doing work for MLW, and he has completely changed his gimmick now. 
He's like fucking hardcore, does crazy shit now. I mean, he just like he, he, he's kind of like uh, a, a Mexican version, if I could say this, of a PCO. He completely changed his gimmick, and he's he's gone like hardcore now. And it was great seeing him. And uh, uh, wow, I, you know, I, I miss some of those guys. I do, and and that's that's one of the things that I need to say that I loved about Starcast more than anything was reconnecting. Oh yeah. That's the fun part. That's the fun part of all of it. The fun part of all of it. And, uh, got to see David Arquette and got to do that, uh, ready to rumble thing. And, and, and I do need to say Conrad, it just, uh, when Ric Flair had his, uh, illness and could not attend, I, I think you did as, as, as good a job as anybody could do putting something together in its place. So, Good job on that. And one of them was the ready to rumble watch along. And we had a great time doing that. Well, there's no way to, um, I mean, you can't possibly replace the roast of Ric Flair because anything else that when you put the word roast in front of it, right. people are going to be disappointed. Sure. You know, because no matter, no matter what name you put after it, you know, it's not going to be as good as Ric Flair. And if it is a name that you're like, oh, well, this one would be, well, you couldn't get a return on that or monetize it on three days notice. No, you so could not. it's a major, major L all the way around, but it is what it is. I mean, shit, I think the story's <laughs> out there now about, I mean, you know, the details of his yeah. health situation. If it's not, he'll share it soon enough, but right. it probably is by the time you're hearing this. Right. Well, anyway, it's, uh, <sighs> pulled it off, buddy. And I know going into it, when there was a health scare, we, wow, we were like scrambling, but, uh, pulled it off, buddy. Ah, fuck. We did our best, you know? Yeah. That's all you can do. And a lot of times if you do your best, you know what? The best is fine because you know, you know, do you know why, you know why doing your best is good? Because most fucking people don't. Most people don't. I was always told this, and I really believe this. I was always told, son, work hard because most people don't. And I believe that. That, It's not to say people don't work hard or put an effort into their job or to their life, but most people don't. Most people don't. So I think if you put an effort into something, it's always going to pay off. That's what I think. Woo, look at psychosis. I can just tell you that psychosis was one of my absolute favorite luchadors. This match right here actually features two of my favorites. I love both of these guys. They were tremendous. Yeah, they were, they were, they were great. And we didn't give them enough time in this match. If I remember right. Yeah. They don't have very long at all. They've got six minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, right. Meltzer would say these guys had no chance late in the show doing an unadvertised match while fans were waiting for the main events. Psychosis was incredible with a crazy hurricane runner off the top, a diving running, uh, or a running dive over the head and a twisting moonsault off the top rope to the floor. So Laparca is, uh, an all time legend, but psychosis yeah. here is really another level. Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that made both these guys great Laparca and psychosis where they were bigger than most luchadors. Right. They were taller and they could do some great shit for the size that they were. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, 
was uh, oh look at that the man. Well, I know Laparca was there, but was Psych- Psychosis was there too, wasn't he? Didn't you have him at? Oh, at Starcast, yeah, yeah, he was there. Right, right. He wasn't as handsome as a guy like Juventude or like uh, wasn't as handsome like Ray Mysterio when they had their mask off because they were handsome, nice, handsome young men. But uh, What's he could wrong go with you. What? Just keep pushing the handsome thing. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality. I'm. I, if I I can call a guy handsome or a guy an ugly motherfucker, if I want. Okay. okay. Listen, it's your party, baby. <laughs> uh, and you- there's, there's some ugly motherfuckers out there, too. One, two. You want to name some of them? <coughs> you okay? I, I don't think I should. Why? I don't think I should. They, they know they're ugly. Okay. Uh, Ric Flair's an ugly motherfucker. Yeah, nobody's arguing that. Okay, thank you very much. Um, hmm, let me think of some other ones. Ooh, Perry Saturn wasn't that appealing to look at. Hmm, okay, that's hurtful. No, that's hurtful? He was a hell of a performer, but he wasn't a handsome guy. Okay. Was he? All right. Okay. The Nasty Boys, they were kind of ugly, weren't they? Public Enemy, they didn't look too good. All right, they were kind of ugly. Uh, who else would be on our, on our ugly all America team? I don't know. I think you just got a text message from somebody. No, it's my, it's my Apple watch telling me to breathe. <laughs> Was it seriously? Yeah. Uh-huh. Your Apple watch it's, sends you a text to tell you to breathe. It says do a minute of deep breathing. You can clear your mind. And if you open the breathing app, you're supposed to for one minute, not say anything and just breathe in and out. Boy, this is the fucking dumbest thing ever. I'm so glad I don't have one of those fucking watches. Who's wearing it's, that shit? You got I something am, on I, your I wrist love. tells you when to fucking breathe. This is called Lois on your wrist. That's what this is. <laughs> Don't eat that. Don't sit there. That's a red light. Pull over. I got. You know pee. what else will do? What? It'll ring. It'll say time to stand up. Jesus. Wow. Look at that cork. Was that a corkscrew? Hurricane Rana type top rope type thing type plancha. Mike Tanay would know that. <laughs> I love that you're a professional broadcaster and you're like, look at that top rope thing. But what I've learned from hanging out with you and Bruce is half of wrestling is just pretending like you belong there. And then everybody right. goes along with it. Right. It goes back to what Gordon Soley told me. He said, you say something with conviction, even though you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. People will believe it. Have we talked about hey, the fact that I don't have any skin on my nose? What's that? Have we talked about the fact that I don't have any skin on my nose? No, why? Why is that, Conrad? Did you uh, did you hurt yourself in uh, when you took your little sabbatical? No, I uh, went somewhere where there was a lot of sunlight. Oh yes, and uh, I nor my wife put any sunscreen on my nose. Oh, for crying out loud! Why I, would you do that? And then I used breathing strips, so I sunburnt it, and then I peeled off all the skin. What the? So fuck? now I look like um, the Crypt Keeper. What the fuck? Like, a, like a, if the Crypt Keeper was fat. And, had, hey, a, and, and had a beard. And you know what? You're, you're one of the smartest guys that I know. So why would one of the smartest guys I know do some, a dumb shitty thing like that? Uh, it was a mistake, you know, but yeah, it was, it'll, it, it'll scab over much like the holes in your ears. <laughs> no, my holes in my ears, not gonna scab over. Cause I've got these in for life. Look at that. 
Now, here's my top question. Can we drop. Charles Robinson counts it. Top rope leg drop was a hell of a finisher. Can, let me yes, ask a was. question here. Can I get you earrings? What? Can I, if I got you earrings, would you wear them? No, 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 no. Because you'll you'll do something goofy. No, no, no. I don't want to do anything goofy. I just don't want <laughs> you faking the funk. Do what? I don't want you faking the funk. Faking the funk. Yeah. You're out here running around pretending with these CZs. We got to get you with them real rocks, son. <laughs> I don't want real rocks. I like what I got. Thank no, you, I, though. No, I'm getting you some real rocks. <laughs> and if you think I'm not going to have like a diamond T in one ear and a diamond S in the other, we're going to get a little pinky ring that says SDD. Mm-hmm. I need that pinky ring. Oh, I should I mention, that. by the way. We've got a lot of new merchandise coming next week. Have we talked about this? No, we haven't. In the next 10 days, you know, I've been slacking. I've been asleep at the wheel. been working on StarCast, but I got some more help now, as you know. And um, we're going to step it up. We've been storing some good items, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to roll them out here in the next 10 days or so. So uh, stay tuned between now and the next time you hear what happened when. Yeah. Start seeing some stuff slide in there. It's going to make you laugh. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying here? You know, I'm basically telling these two guys, I say, fuck you two guys in about 25 years or so. I'm going to meet Conrad Thompson. You both, you guys can fuck off. Now what you're saying is, all right, now they're trying to set up a poll. That's right. And I understand that we've got Hulk Hogan in a poll match and he's going to be taking on well, not Hooventude, not Rey Mysterio, not Prince Ikea, not Ultimo Dragon. None of the guys who could actually climb the pole, but no, it's Roddy Piper. So Roddy Piper, who has an artificial hip, Hulk Hogan, who's one of the older people on our roster, and the other two biggest motherfuckers we have here who can't possibly climb it, the 400-pound giant, the 300-pound Kevin Nash. We're going to have four guys who, cli- who can't climb a pole. In a, on a pole match, believe it or not, folks, Vince Russo is not here, <laughs> but someone said, well, we used to put shit on a pole. Let's put shit on a pole here. Great. What's on the pole. Is it a contract <laughs> for a world title shot? Is it for the power of WCW, the presidency of WCW? No. Does the winner get to main event Starcade? No, it's a fucking bat. <laughs> The same kind that sting comes down from the ring, from the heavens and the other NWO just pulls out from the back or they hide it under the ring. It's not a special bat. It's not (laughs) Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa's bat. And they're setting the woods on fire here. No, no, it's none of that. It's just a regular fucking bat. The same type we've had in wrestling for 30. That's right. Brain the same type 30 years. And during that time, apparently no, those 30 years where there's been baseball bats and wrestling, no one is thought to say, Hey, can Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash or Roddy Piper or big show even fucking climb a pole. Cause if they would have seen any of their matches in the last 30 years, they would know the answer to that is no, but what do I care? I'm just fucking getting a check and getting out of here. Well, what are you saying over there today? Something about Luchasaurus, something about Luchador wrestling. I, I hated it all until Conrad called me on it and made me sound like a borderline racist. And I'm not, I just have a Napoleon complex, which is why I'm trying to convince everybody. I'm taller than these other two motherfuckers, but my legs, if you could see them underneath the desk, 
They're swinging back and forth. And when they do, they make a noise and the noise is wee, wee, wee. That's right. Look, I shake wee, wee, wee. Those are my feet dangling underneath the desk. Wee, wee, wee. That's what you're saying. I think. <laughs> yeah. That's better than what I thought. You know, when I think of Kevin, when I see Kevin Nash coming out here, you know what I'm thinking? Boy, I bet uh, that motherfucker knows how to climb a pole. <laughs> Look. Well, he's ready, man. He's, he's ready for the bat. Yes, there, buddy. I'm ready for this match. How huge I'm excited his about zone it. Be? I'm excited. How big would hey. his strike zone be at 610? What do you think? Strike zone would be right above the knees and right below the, uh, Right below the armpits. So I'm saying on him, that's what? Six feet? Uh, Six foot strike zone? No, it's probably like five and a half. I'm being a smart ass. The point is, (laughs) this guy's easy to strike out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What do you think of uh, Kevin Nash's gear here? Well, it was kind of... uh, Oh, he's looking up the pole. I I don't know what to think of Kevin Nash's gear here. Seriously. He's looking really? up there thinking, all right, first of all, this fucking pole ain't going to support me. Right. Second of all, if I stand on the top and jump for it, that ain't going to work. I'm going to have yeah, to how, climb it. Look how high they had it in the air. It's fucking ridiculous. And he knows it too. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where they, they didn't think it. They did. They said, go ahead and put it out there. They didn't think about it. How are the doors opening here? Are those remote controlled or there are dudes on either side? Dudes on either side. Dudes on either side. You look great here, though, didn't he? It turns out there is something worse than being a curtain jerker. Barn door opener. Barn door opener. That's like the that's like the Alabama equivalent. <laughs> Were you a curtain jerker down there in that continental territory? No, that's a barn door operator. Yep. I just opened that for the big stars. Which reminds me, when is Francine going to be in Huntsville? Doesn't matter. You won't be here. But the answer is August 17th. Hmm. You know, she told us on uh, social media, her husband wasn't going to be there with her. Yeah. Yeah. Rocket City Championship Wrestling is the name of the uh, promoter. Barry is the uh, promoter, and he's a nice guy. And Mm -hmm. he's doing something he's calling Wrestling Con. Mm. <laughs> uh, wrestling con too. And there's lots of ECW on this one. Mm. So like, um, Joel Gertner's coming. I think Sandman's coming and Sandman. I know it's coming. Yeah. Um, Francine, lots of ECW folks, Jerry Lynn. I think, I think Tommy rich, your, your great close personal friend. Love Tommy rich. Yep. August 17th, baby. Yeah, but it's it's nothing like what you and I got coming up in St. Louis and in Baltimore. I know you mentioned it before, but of our fans in St. Louis, we've got a lot of low-key big hogs who are making a trek. You know that Travis Langley is coming all the way from Canada? Really? Yes, he is. And he's going to be there. Uh, Paul Bromwell is going to be in Baltimore. we got a bunch of guys who are going to be in, who are coming up to, uh, to St. Louis. Tickets available at etix.com for St. Louis. It's etix.com. And that's at Off-Broadway in St. Louis. And, uh, God, that's coming up soon, Conrad. Whew. Yeah, I'm counting the days, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be on the it's the, it's 22nd great, of June. Great Father's Day gift, too. St. Louis, the 22nd. And, of course, uh, Baltimore, the 23rd. How slow is Roddy Piper coming to the ring here? I get taking your time, but, Lord. 
Yeah, I know. He's selling it. And I got to tell you, this is a cool look for Piper. I don't remember him coming to the ring without the shirt, but the kilt. It feels like we usually saw him wear the shirt and then then tear it off. But he looks right. like an action figure right here. Yeah, you know, Piper. Oh, that guy's like, oh, you forgot your fucking shirt. Put this on. Piper had, uh, Piper was, he was great. I mean, he did a lot. I mean, listen, he did one of the best. He was one of the best promos ever, ever in the business. But he also, you know, he knew when to make it serious. He knew when to make it fun. And, uh, you know, what's fun to think about is when, when we're talking about age earlier with, uh, with Jericho, Jericho's 48, be 49 this year. When this match happened, Piper was 43. Yikes. I don't remember how they got that bat down, but my God, how did they, they, you're going to find out in a minute, baby. Oh man. So this match, by the way, is going to get a star and a half. Ooh. Meltzer would say a lot better than it looked on paper. How about that? Yeah. Well, there you go. When you said star and a half, that surprised me. I thought well, this would be one of those minus stars or duds. It's interesting to think about the placement of this match too, because historically these are two of your, well, four of your tippy top stars. Right. And this is not the main event. Right. And they are tippy top stars, not only of all time, but for our company at that time. Look at the way <laughs> that pole is moving, man. Do you trust that that thing won't fall? Cause I don't No, And the only thing they've got it is like taped and Velcroed, right? Or do they have it stuck underneath? What do they got it? They got it taped. Well, it's also clamped and chained and okay. All right. I, yeah. I but, see the clamp, but still it's <laughs> who booked this? Seriously. <laughs> this is when this had to be around the time Kevin Sullivan overdosed. Yeah, I think so. Or put it on a fucking pole what the fuck do i care yeah i got enough on the socks yeah that's a that's see that bat that's a 36 ounce bat a 36 inch bat 54 ounces that was what kaya skrimsky used in 67 when he won the mvp and led him to the world series and they got fucked over by the st louis cardinals that's a yes bat right there do you know what's great that makes total sense that kevin sullivan would be more concerned about what type of bat was on the pole Mm-hmm. As opposed to how they were actually putting the fucking thing on the pole. Well, if you know Kevin Sullivan, his his fucking life's baseball. No, no, I get it. Like every yeah. conversation I've ever had with him, yeah, in some way got around to baseball. And let me tell you, buddy, it ain't because I brought it up. <laughs> uh, look at Piper, man. <laughs> I love how he sold that. Why did, um, those tights that Piper's wearing right there. Yeah. Why, why did, uh, all the guys go to K and H for their gear? I mean, it feels like everybody went to the same couple of guys for boots. Everybody went to the same folks for, for wrestling tights yeah. and K and H is like who, who flair used back in the day. And you can tell that that's what Piper's wearing there too. What, why do you think those guys just sort of hit on something and that just becomes what everybody does. I mean, cause K and H did stuff for Andre and warrior and Hogan and Brett and cactus, everybody. Well, 
uh, I will answer that by giving you a line that J.R. hit told us many, many years ago. Monkey see, monkey do in wrestling. It was always like that. I got you. So if one guy gets it, everybody does. That's right. So one guy does a spot, everybody wants to copy it. Bruce one guy sees that something works, he wants to copy it. That's the way they do. Bruce That's gets the way a podcast it and it blows up. Yeah. You get a podcast. Yeah. We're still here, baby. That's right. We are, aren't we? You know, I got to tell you, as we're recording this one, and I know, you know, you look, you go all the way back to January of 2017. So we're two years into this now. Yeah. So. This is episode 124. Um, I think about all those shows that we've done together and this one here today. Yeah. It's one of them. It sure is. And we're enjoying the fuck out of it. How tan was Hulk Hogan? Look at that. Yeah, I know. It's weird because you always know he's tan, but then when you see like part of his untanned butt, then you're like, oh fuck. He's like real tan. Exactly. Oh, and they're going to spank Hogan. Dude, what the fuck is this? What the fuck? The fans love to look at him. This, that, the fans were showing some heat on that one. Oh God. We didn't nail down a word for that. Let's do it now. You don't like oh, the word heat, but we, you yeah. don't want to say partic fan participation, audience reaction, like reaction, participation. Fuck uh, off. Those aren't words you'd use there. Why don't you just let him call it heat? God damn it. Okay. I'll call it heat. Thank you. I give up. Hey, by the way, next up, we've got a four-star match and it's not your main event. It's Raven and DDP for the U S title. And they're pulling out all the stops for that, but it got four stars. Then your main event, Randy Savage and sting for the world title, two and a half stars is what that one gets. But okay, this match we're watching now with Hulk Hogan gets 13 minutes. This should have been fucking eight minutes, but it's 13. So they put their biggest stars on here because they want to elevate the U.S. title and the world title, make them the last two matches. Oh, oh, and then, and then again, you know, the, the thinking change, thinking with with us change sometimes from show to show. I mean, well, if, in fairness, some of that's probably Hulk Hogan coming in saying, "Hey, brother, right? I need to get back for the room service, right?" Or Kevin Nash saying, "I don't want to go on last." You know, you're right. You're absolutely right. And why do you think Kevin Nash wouldn't want to go on last? I'm not asking that to be funny. I, he I, to, I, he I can't predict that. I mean, Kevin probably, it was probably kind of whatever mood he was in that day. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The joke with Hogan for years was he wanted to get back to the hotel before they stopped serving room service. Okay. It's not like he's going out on the town this night. They are in Chicago though, but it's not like he's going out on the town. Right. So is it Kevin Nash wanting to go out? Do you think it could have been, I mean, okay. Now that they're in uh, Denver, so they're on mountain time. So oh, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. They're at seven. So it's five o'clock mountain time. The show will be done by eight. Shit. Yeah. They can have some bar time. They can go out eight o'clock. Shit. They'll be done. They'll be out of the building by seven 30. How about that? Absolutely. I, by the way, anybody who says Kevin Nash can't sell is lying. He's selling for the giant like crazy here. Sure he is. Mm, shitty blow by Big Show. 
<clears throat> I saw somebody I, the other day on Reddit make a great suggestion for Big Show. Somebody sent me this. Let me find it. You'll love this. Okay. The suggestion was basically that Big Show should reappear doing like a no fucks given routine. What do you think about just in theory? Uh, isn't that kind of our gimmick? No fucks. Yeah, but in- we're talking about on TV. Okay. So, and it was a pretty funny idea, but the idea is like, he just shows up where you don't expect him. Right. And he just like takes over. So like he would just sit up a chair in the middle of the ring, start eating a sandwich. And they're like in the middle of a match and guys are going to try to wrestle. And he'd be like, oh, I'm just. It's hungry on the sandwich. And what, what the, are they going to do, right? Exactly. What the fuck are they going to do? Exactly. Like, you can't do anything with this. Like, no. <laughs> can't move him out of the way. What are you going to do? <laughs> I, I think it was like a tremendous. Let me, let me pull it up here. That's that's o- a great idea. Officer Liger one is who posted it. A, fu- a fully formed no fucks given big show, which we've seen versions of over the years, would be amazing. Big Show comes out to do guest commentary uninvited, puts his feet up on the table, hits his vape, contributes nothing, and leaves halfway through. He shows up at 205 Live with a gigantic chicken leg, sets up a chair in the ring during a match, sits down and starts eating it, looks confused as the cruisers are like, carry on, I'm just having dinner. Big Show is asked to be a guest referee, misses a pinfall entirely because he went to the audience to buy a beer from a vendor. I needed a break. I think that's tremendous. And he says, maybe I've just... Smoke too much weed on this Sunday, but I find this ridiculously entertaining. And I do too. I think a no fucks given big show would be hilarious. That to your point, great. what are you going to do with it? That's right. You're going to do fucking nothing. It's like, uh, when that whale died on the beach and those people didn't know what to do. So they blew it up. <laughs> God, <laughs> fuck. We don't know what to do. Right. We had something there this big. How do we, what do we do? It, it kind of goes back to when Andre, we used to wrestle. If he didn't want to do anything, nobody could do it. If he didn't want to, if he didn't want to sell that night or if he didn't want to do what you wanted to do, there's nothing you could do, nothing you could do. And that's a kind of a part of that. And these guys are working pretty hard, aren't they? It's fucking awful, man. Yeah. Okay. It's not a great match, but they're putting some effort into it. Now they're doing Uh, their best, but it's so cartoonish. You know, it's weird just to see how wrestling changed from the eighties to the nineties because you know, 10 years prior to this, I think the crowd would have been eating it up, but now look at them. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, we've seen Chris Benoit. We've seen Eddie Guerrero and we've seen Dean Malenko. We, we don't, we don't believe this anymore. Just cut a right. promo and make us hate you. <laughs> they still, no one, and you know, what's funny is with the exception of Roddy Piper at the beginning of this, no one's gone for the bat. Isn't that the, what's supposed to happen here? They can't. What's wrong with you? No, no, no. Hogan's 300 pounds. Kevin Nash is 300 pounds. Uh, big shows 400 as any of them. If they looked at it, the thing would bend. And I get that, but that's the, but, but y'all didn't make the the shit properly. What are they supposed to do? Get up there, fall to their untimely death, live on (laughs) pay-per-view. No, but they at least are supposed to try to, within the, the, the rules of the match, try to go after it. Ooh. Hey, let me just tell you, I've got a business plan for me and you. 
You do? Just came up with it. Ah, damn. I'm getting you a kiosk at the biggest mall in Atlanta. Okay. And we're going to sell, oh my God, a dropkick. How about that? Big show. Danny goes. Okay. What are we going to sell? We're going to sell earrings. (laughs) Stop it. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Stop. Stop. Dude, it would be huge. Just earrings and pinky rings. Just, and we'll call it uh, daddy's diamonds. Instead, uh, instead of like dad jokes or mom jeans, this is the, the jewelry equivalent dad, well, jewelry, dadjewels.com. Oh, I get it. Now you get on top of the, the giant, the giant literally is working him like a goddamn hand puppet. <laughs> you got the bat. And if you get the bat, you can use it. Is that right? But now that he's got it, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, they Some... fought to have it this whole time. Throw it down. The whole purpose of the match was to get the bat and use it on your opponent. And when Piper had it, he let Hogan steal it from him and Hogan being the dastardly heel. He is, he has the most violent weapon known to wrestling a bat. Oh no. Look, thankfully there's another one in the back. And, and who brings it out? Brutus, brother fucking barber beefcake. Now here's the worst part of this. He's trying to sneak a bat into Hogan. Why do you want that bat? You just threw the other one down. Can I make a suggestion? Cause that first one may have been real. And this one is rubber. That is why. Oh no. Oh, they're going to go for the hip. They're going right on the scar. Conrad. No, no. Oh yeah. Thank God. I could have broke his hip. That rubber, that rubber bat would have broke his hip. Well, you never know. I mean, if you, if you, you know, they say in baseball, if you use your wrist, you know, even a, even a rubber back can hurt for his wrist. Boy, I think you're in the hip hop. Oh, <laughs> uh, so is this match over? Uh, Are they, uh, they, uh, it's still, it's still merciful, going on. A merciful God would have it end. <laughs> I don't know it's, if it actually is. This match is still going on. Oh God. Oh, there's this, there's the bat that was up on top. There's the bat was up on top. Oh, and he hit him with the real bat. That's it. Hogan's going to cover him. Turn around. One, two. Oh, those motherfuckers. How about that? The guys, look at those fuckers in the front with no shirt on. Wow. Hogan and Nash steal the fucking victory. Have you heard the, uh, the baseball bat story? Uh, I have not. Well, you know, there's gimmicks in wrestling, right? Right. Right. <laughs> well, there was once a, a hammer used in a match. Really? Right? Not, not a sledgehammer, but a hammer, a hammer. Right. And someone recently wrote about another, a wrestler wrote a book about another wrestler. Oh my God. He turned on Kevin Nash. Holy shit. What has Hulk Hogan done? Hogan told Nash to powerbomb the giant. And then when he bent over to do it, he hit him with the bat. Mother, you can't trust that mother. You never could trust that motherfucker. Look, how about that? There was some wood in that bat. Well, so there you go. So the one with the chain on it is, uh-huh. the, is the one that splintered. So that was gimmicked. Right. And then the other one had to be the rubber one. Right. Right. 
So anyway, here's this excerpt from this book. I Hang on, my, 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 my watch telling me to stand up, my Apple Watch. Okay, okay we needed up. to know that. Okay. Some of the other guys were difficult to deal with whenever they were asked to lose. Blank Blank was the worst. He'd get what we call the boo-boo face and walk to the ring sulking, making obvious what was about to happen. Then, whenever he'd get to the back after putting someone over, he'd collapse and make a big scene before making a miraculous recovery later on. My favorite blank scene was after a match where he'd been hit with a hammer. Blank was in the back, staggering around and asking people to call the doctor over. The doctor came over to blank, grabbed the hammer blank had been hit with, squeezed it, looked at blank and said, this is made of rubber. I got to tell you, that's one of my favorite stories in <laughs> You get hit with a rubber hammer, sell it, get a real doctor in the locker room. Not like a gimmick doctor, but like a real doctor, not on TV, just back amongst the boys. It's fucking hilarious, dude. Well, you know. It's it's kind of an extension of the story that you told, not the not the rubber hammer gimmick, but the guy, the blank guy who pouted going to the ring and pouted afterwards and made a big scene. That's the same guy. Okay. All right. It's kind of an extension of what was going through my gut before StarCast started. And that was and it, it, I, I shouldn't say this is a blanket statement, but I, but I do need to say it. There was a point, especially when we found out that Ric Flair couldn't be there. And then, you know, you had to deal with egos. There's a part of wrestling that I really didn't like. And I felt that twinge again. Yep. Me too. Yeah. I just, I just, and there, speak of and then there life, he is, us. speak of the devil. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. He's probably like. Hey, cameraman, are you Tori Wilson? No, get out of my face. That's enough. Do you realize that he had sex with Tori Wilson that night? Probably. Probably a lot of times too. So anyway, but there was a, there, and even I, if, 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 I know you remember this. I even sent you a text. This is why I fucking hate wrestling. I just hated putting up with all this bullshit that you would have to put up in the back and you would have to put up with guys not wanting to do jobs or guys trying to rebook shit. Or guys not wanting to do this and that. And it's just, uh, it was discouraging. And uh, that's, and then I was just thinking, and then I got there at StarCast. And of course, there was a lot of work to be done, but it all kind of fell into place. But just my feeling going to, to Vegas was, oh, here we go again. All this shit we got to deal with. But you made it through it, buddy. And we guess survived. what? You got another one. Yeah, but you know what? This is going to be uh, a little different than last year. Yeah, well, good. You, you already you already know some. Yeah, I do. I know some. At the little, hey, at the little wrap up dinner thing, you would have enjoyed. We made a uh, an all in and an all out list. Oh, really? Okay. I would have enjoyed that. You would have, because I know you have strong opinions, and a lot of names came up where you would have had even stronger opinions. Speaking of strong opinions, here comes the man himself, Diamond Dallas Page. He started to get hot in January of 97 when he refused to join the NWO at the Superdome in Louisiana. And he continued that run through all of 97, an incredible series of matches he had with the Macho Man Randy Savage. A lot of people called it the feud of the year. It started with, um, you know, the whole embarrassment of spray painting 
NWO across his wife's naughty bits and her Playboy magazine and challenging a man to, you know, defend his wife. And we were off to the races and he sort of become, became the people's champion. And here he is taking on Raven, who has been really, really hot in ECW, but he's just made the jump, uh, the prior year to WCW. And now he's developed this whole flock of characters with him. This is sort of, um, the blue collar, every man working class hero versus the, uh, I don't know, subculture counter culture grunge guy. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I loved Raven's flock. I, I, I liked that whole, I liked everything about it. And you know what? I thought, I thought Scotty had a great mind for the business and he's a pretty good follow on Twitter as well. Really, really is. It's, it's pretty Not cool only that, too when you, you know have his, his, you have his phone number. Yeah. Would you send it to me? Yeah. Cause I want to talk to him about, uh, uh, you know, his favorite, uh, comic book character was, is, is my favorite comic book character, Swamp Thing. And the first uh, episode of Swamp Thing came out on DC Universe. I wanted to get his opinion on it. You got Did it. I- it's already in your uh, your machine. Thank you, buddy. So, one of the best referees of all time is our ref for this match. I don't think he gets enough love. Uh, Jim Cornette's close personal friend, Brian Hildebrand. Right. Mark Curtis. Real question. Why don't you think... Corny was able to get him a job with the WWF. Why did he wind up in WCW instead? The only thing I can think of is, and I don't know why he wouldn't have worked in the WWF is did Corny say he tried? Uh, I've never talked to Corny about it. I was okay. just asking because I just know maybe they were he really did, maybe he didn't friends. try. I don't know. It seems weird. He is. He's as good a ref as any at that in this, in this era, his reactions, his facial expressions, the way he, let's just call it too. referee should be smaller, right? It makes the guys look bigger. And it was always right. curious when Kevin, Na- not Kevin Nash, but, uh, fucking Nick, Nick Patrick, Patrick looks like right. Kevin Nash. I mean, when he's out there with the luchadors, it looks like he could dunk on them. Right. And it's like, dude, the, you gotta, I need Charles Robinson looking motherfuckers. I need Mark Curtis. Mm-hmm. God, he's thin here too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was he was very sick here. I don't think he uh he may have passed away like a year later from the after this. We all went to uh we went to a show in uh, Bobby Heenan and I and a couple of us went to a show in, in Knoxville to uh to pay honor to him. This is before he passed away. Uh good, good man too. And so this is a four-star match. They're, 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 uh, kicking it in high gear here as well. Yeah. Lots of interference, but DDP always comes out on the upside here. They're going to make their way to the set. They're going to make sure that they get their money's worth that six figure sum. They paid Bob Ross here. (laughs) Oh, they're climbing the old Wells Fargo carriage. Dun, dun, tells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street of why don't you jump off of it? There could be a DDP yoga motherfucker coming off. It what could be something special just for me. 
By the way, I would not want to take any bumps on hay. <laughs> no, fuck. No. Like the, the ref took a bump on hay and jumped right up. But if it would have happened on a canvas, he'd still be unconscious, <laughs> but this right. fucking hay, which, you know, not fun. No. Cause it's tightly wound together. There's no giving hay. That fence looks like something Jerry Jarrett put together. <laughs> it fucking collapse as soon as somebody touched it. Oh God. Like what was oh. the last time you saw a trash can that looked like that in real life? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in the crowd, but it's got a big box of Dunkin' Donuts in it. That seems legit. I'm oh, sure. and how about a wagon wheel or two? No. Can you want to sing some wagon wheel for us? Uh, oh God. Can you get me started? Let's see. Come on, baby, like a wagon wheel. Fuck me, I can't remember the thing. Da, da, da. It's actually pretty good. Keep it going. Ah, Jesus Christ. I, I, uh, my apologies to, to Darius Rucker, who I love. He didn't create that song. No, but he, he made it a hit recently. Um, back. Did you say a couple years back? A couple years back? Yeah, maybe five. No, he made wagon wheel. Five years eight. ago. Six years ago. Yeah. Six years ago. Wow. Time flies. Hey, they destroyed WCWWrestling.com. Probably wasn't hard to do. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. This is for the U.S. title, right? Yep. And I, I guess it was, was it uh, anything goes match? I quit match? Hardcore match? No, it's just a regular match, man. Just a regular match, and they just let it go. Come on, man. Every time Raven wrestles, it's Raven's rules. We're Raven's rules. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up because it's Raven's rules. What about me? What about Raven? I feel like you say that at dinner sometimes. What? What about me? Lois makes her plate. Lois makes the kids plates. And <laughs> then you're over there on your recliner. Probably smells like farts and dandruff. And you go, <laughs> what about me? I wanted the donkey dicks. What about me? What, what do smart? What do fox and dandruff smell like? Your chair, your furniture. <laughs> I've never been to it, but I just know it's covering dog hair. It smells like farts and dandruff. Farts and dandruff. There's another shirt. Farts and dandruff. <laughs> Oh, there's a cowbell. Man, sell it at the curtain. Oh. They ought to take that. They ought to take the horns of that cow and stick it up their ass. Here we go. Every time I see Chad, I want to fuck up his last name and make it an actor's name. I want <laughs> as to, in, as in Paul Giamatti or whatever the fuck his name is. It was Damiani, right? Dam, Damian. But Dam. it, yeah, it's spelled similarly. Yeah, and, and it just makes me go there, and that's not his name at all. Look at that cow! That cow was a brunt. I was a, was a a bucking motherfucker. I feel like that was your routine back in the day. <laughs> what? You'd put a rope around their neck, and then you would cross your feet at the bottom, and you just hang on, baby, hang on. What about done? They fucked up. They should have. They should have did something to that cow. They should have stuck like one of their heads right up the cow's ass. That'd have been great. I'd have done that. Meanwhile, sick boy walking around with a fucking a, a sink, yes. a stainless steel stink. Hit him with every 
everything in the kitchen sink. Oh, cliches all about. Oh. Mm, fuck. That's not like hitting him with a trash can lid. I can tell you that. Jesus Christ. You don't know. Did they get that from sinks? R us. <laughs> Good app. Oh, let man. me tell you about our new sponsor here on the show. Sinks R us. That's right. It can wash the fart smells out of your furniture. Wash the dandruff out of your hair. Right down the drain. You can wash the dandruff right down your drain. We got porcelain. We got plastic. We got and wood and trust us here at WCW. We know a lot about circling the drain. And Tony Schiavone is our resident expert on wood washing. Now, thanks to blue chew, he's washing more wood than ever before. Absolutely. That's bluechew.com. I was told, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was catching up with Matt, your mm-hmm. son. Oh God. Not the jobber Shivani. Matt, Matt is like, Matt's the Kenny Omega Shivani. Okay. Matt's the six, seven star Shivani. Okay. He was telling me. He's like, Hey man, cause I, I had a little moment with him. I said, dude, I had no idea how much I needed your help. And I really appreciate your help. You've been invaluable to me. You're the fucking MVP of this deal. I really appreciate you. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, man, I really appreciate you and what you've done for my dad. And I said, what do you mean? He said, man, my dad's like a different guy now. And I said, because of the podcast, he's like, no, because of blue chew, <laughs> like even my mom was telling me that he was, you know, hitting the corners and then Lolo's. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what that means, man. He's like, well, it's good. Mom's real happy. So without you doing the podcast, dad would have never had a free sample of blue chew. And, and now he's good to go. Well, I want to add to that by saying, you know, at the, uh, the double or nothing after party sponsored by blue chew. Oh, you meant not one, not two, but three porn stars. Film stars. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I had my picture taken with them. <laughs> and one of the, one of our guys came over and said, you want to take a picture with a porn star? I went, Oh yes, I do. Uh, and so my son follows me over there. Mm, of course he does. So I'm, what's well, funny is you pic- and I talked about this beforehand and you said, I'm definitely not going. And I said, why? And he said, well, you've got those porn girls coming and I know you're going to try to make me do something. And my yeah. kid's here. I, I can't go, and, right. but you still went. I still went because I didn't see you and I knew, well, they rolled him up one, two, no, got a two count. So I went over to see the porn stars and take my picture with them. And I put the picture on Patreon for our fans are on Patreon. You can see it on there. Uh, I showed it to Lois full disclosure. Uh, one of those girls, uh, <clears throat> kept reaching for my gimmick, Conrad, all right. Do you want to describe which one it was? Was it the, uh, blonde haired girl or the lighter no. hair? No, it was the, uh, brunette. Okay. Now there's two of those. Was it the one, uh, with maybe uh, a little, a little bigger or a little smaller, a little smaller. All right. So that is our great close personal friend, Whitney, Wright. Right. She follows me on Twitter now. Yeah, I bet she does. She's a very talented young lady from Oklahoma right. city, only 27 years old. Bless Very talented. If you'd like to follow her on Twitter, she's Whitney Wright X. Uh, and she has been down with our stuff for a long time, man. She, uh, she actually won an award last year for XRCO's best new starlet, which I don't know hmm. what that is, but apparently it's a big thing. Uh, so she's uh, very good at what she does. And, uh, she has a person in her life who is a super fan of our podcast and listen, really? And, um, 
I don't know what of their situation is public or not public or what's going on or all the details, but I just know that person introduced her to the shows and now she listens. And when I knew we were doing a, a cool after party with like a real rock band, I was like, oh, okay, we got to get, got to see if we can get blue chew to sponsor this. And then we got to get some ladies in here and ta-da. So if, if you missed the party, you missed Whitney, Wright, You missed Sarah, Jesse, and you missed Eva naughty. I'm going to spell that for you people at home. If you want to check this out, it's S A R A H. That's how she spells Sarah. Jesse is J E S S I E. And the other lady is Eva naughty. E-V-A-N-O-T-T-Y. Oh. I thought even naughty would be more your deal. Because she she's probably more apt to tussle. Yeah, yeah. She's she would be more to tussle, but and there's a one, two, three, and a, and a actually a very good finish after all this shit that went down. Um but uh Whitney, is that her name again? Yeah, I'm Whitney sorry. Whitney Wright. Whitney Wright, she really played it up and she kept rubbing up against me and she kept taking her hand and trying to reach towards my gimmick. And I tried to block it. Cause I'm thinking my son's watching, you know, um, why don't you just let her have hold of that rascal? Well, because you just don't do that in front of your son, Conrad. Oh, so if he wasn't there, she could just give you an HJ. Oh yeah. She could have yanked. She could have hooked on all she wanted to. And, uh, and somebody even said, uh, something about me on, a, and she even responded on Twitter. So, Anyway, so anyway, great attitude. She's lot tremendous. Of fun. She's been to a few of our shows. Uh, you maybe just didn't meet her, but she's uh, she'll be around. She's uh, she's a big fan, and, and we're a big fan of her work. If you're uh, not familiar, go check it out. By the way, right at the end there, it's the debut of uh, Horace Boulder, Horace Hogan, right? Mike Balea. Yep, with the stop sign. Right, he had the stop sign. He brought it in. Ooh. Look at Ron Reese. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'll admit, I don't, know shit. I'll admit I don't know shit about wrestling, but can you imagine for a minute being seven foot seven and they're like, okay, so we need you to bump and feed in this match. You're going to be like, what the fuck are you? No, I'm seven, seven. I'm not leaving my goddamn feet. Uh, well, there you go. There's your finish and Raven U S champion. What do you think of that tattoo? Raven has rust never sleeps. Really? Rust never sleeps. Yeah. I didn't notice that. It's a cool tattoo. All right. So we've got about what? About 15 minutes for the final match and here. We're going to go 10 minutes and eight seconds, 10 minutes and eight seconds. Let me say that I have enjoyed the hell out of this night, but I will enjoy it much better when I look at it many, many years later. About 31 years later, 21 years later, how many years later? 21 years later, um, without you motherfuckers. Well, you know, Tony, I was thinking the same thing. I can't wait to watch it without you. Cause if my options were to sit and look at this shit one more time, 21 years later, or check out, I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, fuck you, Heenan. And, and Mike, uh, a couple of things I'd like to say. We were all at StarCast. We were all in Las Vegas, which one of your hometowns. You wonder why we didn't invite you? Well, fuck you. Okay. So there's Mike Tanay to my right. Mike uh, and you, Bobby Heenan, we didn't invite you because you're dead. And let's go to the ring. Boy, that was harsh. Well, we, if he wasn't dead, we would have invited him, wouldn't we? Oh, 100. 
He would have oh, yeah. had, had a whole day. I would have just named the thing Bobby Heenan Fest. Bobby Heenan Fest. Absolutely. Greatest manager ever. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say hello to all the porn stars that tried to grab Tony's gimmick at the Blue Chew after party at StarCast 2. Did and you- if there's the Blue Chew after party at StarCast 3, let's hope Matt Schiavone has already gone back to New York. So Tony can get his gimmick. Grabbed, ladies and gentlemen. Oh God, I forgot to tell you. I got when we get done um, before we hang up. Okay, I got news about the after party. Ooh, okay. Hey, let me ask. Um, does Lowe's care? No. Well, so what? What's the big deal? What well, little tuggy? I, well, I don't know if she cares or not. To be honest with you, I did. I thought you said we're asking, does she care that I took a picture with porn stars? No, no. no. I, you said, yeah, I can't let her grab my gimmick. But then you're like, oh, my son was there. If he wasn't there, waka, 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 <laughs> which I know just from doing this podcast with you and what road where animals told us. <laughs> well, he, first of all, he's a, he's a lion, old, fat, no good piece of shit. Boy, that's you're, what he is. you're being hurtful. Yeah. Good. Uh, that's what he is. Uh, but, um, uh, lion piece of shit. Um, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't know if she cares or not. I don't know. You know, we're, we're getting ready to celebrate. We're celebrating this week. Number 38. So are you really? Yep. That's awesome, man. My parents just, uh, celebrated 39. Oh, there you go. How about that? So y'all got married in 82, huh? Uh, 81. Oh yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 And see your parents were smart. We had five. Yeah, they only did two. That's right. Your parents were smart. Well, here comes Miss Elizabeth, and I always it always breaks my heart when I see her walk out. Really does, because she was such a nice lady. And not only that, I thought she was fucking hot. She was just beautiful. I mean, just she wasn't like a Tori Wilson, you know. She didn't. Just beautiful. I bet Miss Elizabeth knew where all the good sweet tea was in Kentucky. I bet she did too. I bet she wouldn't knew where all the good bourbon was too. Hey, did uh, uh is there a is there a new uh Viceland show out about wrestling? Yeah, it's called The Wrestlers. Yeah, but there's isn't there one out about Jim Cornette? There's not. Okay. All right. I mean, Jim Cornette was featured in several of the dark side of the rings. That's what you mean. Yeah. That's what I meant. Was he in, was there a one dark side of the ring about him? No, but he was interviewed for several of them. Okay. Well, I know that. Okay. And Damien Abraham just put out, uh, the wrestlers. The wrestlers. Yes. Okay. For Viceland. They, they did it years ago, but uh-huh. I guess it just sort of got shelved. Uh, and they didn't, they weren't really sure what they were going to do with it. Nobody's told me that. I just know that he's been working on it for a while. And then they finally roll out dark side of the ring. And it was supposed to have debuted like last October, but it didn't. But it finally came out, it popped some real good numbers. So now all of a sudden it got everybody's attention at Viceland. So it's out. There comes Sting with the big gold belt. Sting just announced for StarCast 3. Uh, man, 
Sting in Chicago, man. I remember some of those nitros. Those were big nitros whenever y'all would come to Chicago and Sting That's would right. pale down from the ceiling. That was cool stuff, man. That was good. We were uh we were red hot. Macho man not gonna make it, Starcast, but uh no, bless his heart. If Dan Soder comes, he'll be there in spirit. Still the best macho man impression around. You know who uh uh you know who I saw at Starcast Hall for the first time and was really, really just a great guy to did you get to spend any time with Scott Norton? I have not. I did see Scott at WrestleCon yep. and had a brief conversation with him, but I've never yeah. really got to hang out with him. Yeah, he was he was so complimentary of everything that we were doing. He really was. He was it was good to see Scott. And his wife Tammy, I've known Tammy for a long time. Uh and uh it was good to see them. Really was. So we got to see a lot of people. All right, so here we go. Sting and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Sting had just won the title right at Super Brawl. Because he had been fucked over by Hogan at at Starcade, so now here's Sting in his title defense, and this is no disqualification, right? Is that I the believe. rule here? That's the rule. Macho Man and Sting no disqualification for like ten minutes. Oh. And you would think now, fans would be a little bit more into this right now, wouldn't they? They're burnt, man. Yeah. Maybe you, 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 you're right after what we just saw. Yeah. I mean, after you had, you know, we've talked about this before and, and I sort of said it jokingly, but when we watched that old Halloween havoc where they start with the chamber of horrors and they electrocute a motherfucker in an electric right. chair, not right. at the end of the night, but to start the night, it's right. really hard to go from, we saw a motherfucker get electrocuted to, oh man, look at that arm drag. Right. That's like, what the fuck? We're supposed to right. build to that. Right. Anyway, that's not yeah, what they're it, doing here. Uh, and it's going to take away. Cause now he's trying to tell a story about his arm and, and I get it, but unless they're fixing to start brawling, it's going to be hard to compete. And if you do, it takes away from what just happened. So you're sort of damned right. if you do damned, if you don't, they've already, yeah, that's right. The match before them was already back there. So no matter what they do here, it can't be better than what just happened. They're just going to take away from what just happened or, or show how it's less than it's just, you know, you can't win. Right. On some level, I do think the pressure of being on last, I mean, if, if, I mean, if you're, if you're Tony Schiavone, you want to be on like second, like first, the expectations are going to be high, right? But the second one. You could just do something a little different from the first one and still be over. But after that, it gets pretty hard. You have to put in real effort and that's not what Shivani's do. Well, I, I think you could say Matt Shivani put in some effort. Didn't I'm he? being so a smart ass. You motherfucker. I'm a motherfucking <laughs> you, not Matt. Matt's a hardworking individual. And me, I'm just a Shivani. <laughs> You're the Shivani motherfucker. The Shivani. By the way, did you see that we announced your arch nemesis for Starcast three? Who's my arch nemesis, Lois? Mick Foley. Yes, I did. He's never done a Starcast, and right? I had to figure out why, and I finally nailed it down. It was my association with you. Oh, bull fucking shit! Ask him. Okay. Bull fucking shit. Am I going to do the stage show with him? Absolutely not. He doesn't want me to do the stage show with him. Well, you'll be gone. Okay. Hmm. It's not my arch nemesis. Oh, I mean, I, he told me he was. 
<laughs> you told me to. I, huh. I didn't tell you shit. No, you did. He said, huh, that'll put a lot of butts in the seats. <laughs> you just shit on his big night. And, 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 and you personally told me that it's a fucking work. Conrad It was a work, a work. Oh, wait, a so, work. Hang on. Help me understand. Yeah. I, I don't need to help you understand any more than that. It's a work. That's all you need to know. What's a work. A, so you made it all up. Yes. Okay. What should I say? Hey, mankind's going to win the world title. And we're excited about that. Cause I love cactus. Jack we'll turn and see it. Might as well have said that. I feel like you're being kind of mean. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, just trying to make you understand here what's going on. Whoa. It's, it's just, uh, it's amazing to me that, that you got sting and the macho man, really two of the biggest stars here. And, uh, and, and again, it's, it's hard for them to follow what, what, what they've seen. And you say that fans now on Dave Meltzer's site or wasn't a site back then, but his newsletter, 91% thumbs up. That's oh, pretty yeah. hot. They loved it. It was a great show. Yeah. Not one interview. Gene Okerlund came out, did the promo for the 900 number. They did a thing in the ring with, uh, with Scott Steiner and, and your favorite buff Bagwell. And they, uh, and then they did a thing with Jericho walking to the ring with the microphone. And that was it. Not one promo in there. And see if you do promos, if you do enough promos, then Hogan and Nash and those guys don't have to do 13 minutes. Sure. So uh, a promo works in more than more than one way. Eats up time. I remember one show we did, we, we had so many promos that like every match had to be like six, seven minutes, which didn't work. Have you seen what that guy's written yet on any of those signs? He's given up. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, I know. Cause but you can't read it. Don't uh, listen. Friends don't let friends be dry race board guy. <laughs> I, I agree. It's just fucking. Yeah. Crazy. It's fucking ridiculous. Yes. So we got just about five minutes left in the show and boy, the macho man was good, man. What, a, what the fuck? He was, he was a hell of a performer, man. He's the best. Well, he's one of them. He was, he's really, really was one of them. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. <laughs> what? What did you just say? I say anything. What did you say? Oh, why don't you just tell me what do that again? <laughs> no. Do it again. No. What did you what are you talking about? <laughs> are you you got Tourette's or something? <laughs> let's 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 tell let's tell the truth. Your fucking baseball game went long and we're recording this at one thirty in the morning. Yes, uh, we are. I'm fucking punchy. And I know. I'm really glad this show's coming to an end. <laughs> We started out strong and I was curious, could I even make it? And I yeah. fucking did. And so now I was, if I just want to randomly break into, um, the karate <laughs> kid best around oh, doing yeah. a real like high pitched version, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. That's going to make me stop. I know. And uh, I do need to, I do need to say this. 
when you when you and I first started talking tonight, okay, boy, you were motherfucking me and everybody. You were a miserable. <laughs> you, you were one miserable fuck, and I'm thinking, oh, I think my run with Conrad's come to an end tonight. Let's run through this, all right? Yeah. My sleep's been fucked up. I've been on another time zone. I've been in uh, more ten days of hell, and then I went on vacation, but it was in another country, and it was hot as shit, and it burned all the skin off my nose, and so now my ears, and nose, are skinless. Uh, wow, Charles Robinson. Man, oh, down he goes. <laughs> That was yeah. a great spot right there. I hadn't right. seen a spot like that. Anyway, so then I come home, right? right. And I, I'm, I've got two and a half weeks, basically, really two weeks worth of mortgage work piled up for me, including month end, which is always a nightmare to miss. But I missed all that. And uh, now I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I haven't eaten in 36 hours, but I've pooped 4,000 times. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, I'll be nine. Sorry. 9.15. Hey, maybe 9.30. Could be 9.45. All right, Tiger, hit you when I can. Oh, man, he just nailed Elizabeth, and he feels bad oh. about that. Mm. Yeah, and you pick up on Skype, and you went, I say, hey, how you doing today? Anyway. Yeah. Like, Fuck, man. But I get it. I understand. But now we've cheered up, and we're at the end of the show, and we've done a hell of a job. Oh, what the fuck? Who was a uh, fucking Hulk Hogan? Huck Hogan. Do you call him Huck? <laughs> Why are you calling him Huck? Huck Hogan. Oh, Huck they're helping Liz Hogan? out. <laughs> Why are you calling him Huck? Huck Hogan, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> there it is. Go put the scorpion death drop. Oh, yes. Love that move. What fucking referee's fucking asleep? Come on. Come on. One, two. Kevin Nash going to come in. Now, Hogan just fucked him over, right? Oh. Now, there's no disqualification, so they can't throw this match out. Referee took a bump. Can't throw this match out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Powerbomb sting. Roll the macho man on top of you. I got it. There you go. Just lay on top of him right there. Hey, Charles. Oh, Charles. Wake up. <laughs> That's so fucking silly. <laughs> Charles is out. He throws him on. He throws him there. So Charles just, just reactionary. I might as well count three without even looking up. There it is. Macho man's your champion. I mean, it's fucking an anticlimactic finish to me. Yeah, you're right. You know, and let's remember too, this is 98. So Starcast 97, huge payoff, Sting and Hogan missed opportunity. They come back, set up the rematch for February super brawl. Yeah. Or two months later. Too much later. And they take the title off of him. Yeah. Because they do it for an angle. I guess we should mention that along the way we had, um, sting defend the belt 
and uncensored against Scott Hall, but it wasn't really the main event. That was Hogan Savage. That's what went on last. Right. So Sting had one pay-per-view defense against Scott Hall. And now, boom, off of him and on to Randy. Yep. Was this a time when Sting had some personal problems? Hmm. I think so. Isn't that when he, it's, it's well documented that he came clean to his wife, right? He came, stuff that he he came, had done and, came clean about interpersonal relationships or substances right. or both. Yeah. I was asking. I, I, th- I think this is about the right time. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, was it about interpersonal relationships or was it about substances? It was about interpersonal relationships is what I was told. Maybe it was about all of it, but I, I don't know. I, I had heard that he just came clean about all the, uh, bad things he had done on the road to his wife to clear his consciousness. Well, his consciousness. and we've got the, uh, slam promo to close the show. And of course we remember famously, that's where Eric Bischoff would challenge Vince McMahon to a fight. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's going to do it, man. I got to tell you, it's, it's a good show. And there's lots of good wrestling on it, but it just feels like a throwaway. And I, I wish the main event wasn't the main event. Like the main event really should have probably been as crazy as this sounds. In that spot, I guess maybe this is what it is. Well, let's switch. Let's have Hogan have his match last and let's put this world title match on where the, the shit on the pole match was. Yeah, I, I agree, but hell, and, and you couldn't put diamond Dallas page and Raven on last, but they had the best match of the night. Oh, for sure. And uh, you know. Yeah. We say for sure, but at the same time, there was a great match earlier that w- I can't stress how much I enjoyed it. Ultimo Dragon and Chavo Guerrero Jr. Nobody's going to recommend that match to you this week, but I'm going to say go watch it. So go out of your way. Find Spring Stampede 1998, the second match. Ultimo Dragon, Chavo Guerrero. Get in your way back machine. Really, really good stuff there. Hang around if you want to for Booker T and Chris Benoit. And then when that's finished, just fast forward to Raven. And DDP, unless you want to laugh. And if you want to laugh, watch that Hulk Hogan shit on a pole match. <laughs> hey, shit on a pole match. That yeah, sounds like I, something Klondike Bill would be into. Yes, he would be into it. I just heard you yawn. So by the sound of your yawn, it feels like that's it. I do want to remind everybody, Clash of the Champions 7 coming up next week. Then yes. the June 30th, 97 Nitro. Then the June 28th, 99 Nitro. Then Great American Bash 90. Then Great American Bash 92. Then Bash at the Beach 97. Then Great American Bash 89, and then Clash of the Champions 31. It's going to be a fun summer as we get through the rest of June and July. And we hope that after Father's Day next weekend, you'll come check out Tony and I on the road in St. Louis. And also, of course, at Jimmy's Famous Seafood in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Program those into your phone. Go buy your tickets right now. You can find us on Twitter at WHW Monday. We'll have those links up there. He is at T Shivani 24. And I guess we should tell everybody you're, uh, you're verified. You're a big boy. You got the blue check I'm, mark. I got the, I got the check mark. How about that? And, uh, based on that, I feel like we should tell everybody that, uh, it's about that time. It's about that time. And now coming to the ring is Conrad Thompson. <laughs> and coming to the ring is Tony Shivani sitting in his high chair.
week, a week, a week, a week, a week, a week. We're out of time. We got to go. <laughs> what is Cass Hill going to be called again? Pork boy? Super Porky. Super Pork. It's Super Pork in our main event going up against Dave Silva. A couple of Porkies there, and we're desperately out of time. We'll see you next week on What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network, as well as on Patron. Hey, guys. This is Laurie, Tony's daughter. You know, one of the Shivani jobbers. Um, as you guys know, I just had a baby, and some people say that he sounds like his Papa Tony, but I think he sounds like Conrad planning a fan fest. Anyway, promotional considerations paid by the following. Boxagimmicks.com with new items each week. The official store of What Happened When, Something to Wrestle With, and 83 Weeks. Log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life. And by patreon.com forward slash whw monday join dad and conrad thompson with bonus podcasts behind the scenes videos live weekly chats and new content each week and by loisrules.com get all your t-shirts from what happened when right now and by what happened when live in st louis saturday june 22nd at nine o'clock at off broadway tickets available at etix.com and what happened when live in Baltimore, Sunday, June 23rd at noon at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Tickets at jimmysfamousseafood.com. I did it. Give me my money.